The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLR and Scoreline.ie. It's the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast brought to you by KCLR. Each week, myself, Robbie Dowling and former Blacks and Whites manager Eddie Scally cast our eye over all the action from the weekend senior, intermediate and junior league and championship games, as well as looking ahead to the next round of action in Kilkenny. As always, I am joined in studio by Eddie Scally. Eddie, how are you today? I'm absolutely brilliant, Robbie, and yourself? Flying it after um, probably the best weekend in terms of quality, I think, so far this year. Is that fair to say you were at a lot of these games, including the two in Nolan Park yesterday? Uh, definitely Robbie yeah but I suppose when the rewards and the, the, the opposite to whatever rewards are it's too early in the morning for me to remember the word but when the rewards are so high the stakes are much higher now the standard yes. jumps and, and you could really see that yesterday particularly in the Dixborough Bally Hale game there was a real cut to that game you know so you know it is it is knockout championship hurling everybody's league form is put to one side now and you get the form book and you rip it up and fire it in the bin that's all done and dusted and it's down to you know just going out there and absolutely lighting it up weather conditions are a bit different than they've been playing and I found the pitches were a little bit boggier yesterday you could see balls plugging and stuff like that right, that's okay. no slight on, on the groundskeepers or anything yeah. it's just a really bad weather but um, no, definitely different different ball game now OK we'll go through the results in senior first of all on Saturday there were two quarterfinals O'Loughlin Gales overcame Mullinabat by 18 points to 2.10 in Thomastown in and around the same time live on KCLR you would have heard Ben Bridge defeating Glenmore by 3.14 to 7 points. A doubleheader in UPMC Nolan Park on Sunday, the first of which saw James Stevens get the better of Greg Bally Callum by 1.18 to 15 points in a largely one-sided affair, even though it was quite tight maybe on the scoreboard. Um, well, the game of the weekend in the lead-up and then eventually when it actually took to the field was between Ballyhale, Shamrocks and Dixborough. The county champions coming out on top on the scoreline of 1.20 to 21 points in what Adrian Ronan described as the greatest club game he had ever seen when he was on commentary duty with David Burns yesterday. We usually go through these chronologically, Eddie, but I think it's only right we start with that Shamrocks and Dixburg game. You were at it yesterday. Um, it seemed incredible by all accounts. The commentary, people that were at the stadium, people watching in, was it as good as it has made has been made out to be? Um, it was It was a brilliant match. Um, do you know, <clears throat> was it the best hurling that's ever been hurled and that type of stuff? I don't think so, but I do think as a spectacle it was everything it was built up to be it was a titanic battle it was the two I would say the two best teams in Kilkenny uh, the current All-Ireland champions taking on a team that I had heavily tipped to win the championship this year um, yes. I'm sure you'll remind me regularly so ah, I'll get no, it in I there first like that. Um, but you know uh, Dixborough Dixborough you know the team I thought would win the championship this year I think they'll, have, they'll be waking up this morning wondering how they didn't win that game um, they should have they most certainly should have won the game but as a spectacle as a person that just went in paid his money and got a seat in the stand and sit down and watch it it was absolutely brilliant um, it had a, had a bit of everything great hurling great scores big hits off the ball was bananas like if there was ever an argument for three or four referees in a match <laughs> yesterday was the day for it yeah. um, Bally Hale had a, a very to me anyway it was a very aggressive game plan and I'll go through that with you in a bit of depth right. in a while I think it was it was targeted I think Bally Hale were very smart in their setup. Dixborough have been playing this beautiful silky hurling 
passing it across the field you know the real I won't say showboating that's not fair they've been playing beautiful hurling like yeah. they've impressed me so much the way to do it and Bally, Bally Hale came in yesterday and said you know what now we're going to absolutely bury we're not going to let you have a chance on the ball we're going to give you no time to do that silky smooth hurling and in the first 15 minutes of that game yesterday it was literally hell for leather like just to give you an idea some of the stuff that's going on because you can't see it unless you're there yeah. from the throw-in the ball was about to be thrown in Bally Hale stacked the full forward line you had TJ Reid inside Colin Fenley was inside Adrian Mullen pushed inside I think Owen Cody four of them in a little cluster bomb in the centre mm. and they tried to win that ball from the puck out or from the throw-in and bomb it straight down on top of the four big boys downside and went straight for the juggler tried to get a goal first couple of minutes straight in tried to get a goal tried to get a goal and you could see they were playing like the Kenny maybe played 10-15 years yeah, ago this yeah. massive aggression but every for that first 15 minutes you couldn't take your eyes off anything like I was getting hit on the arm and pointed down this end of the field the ball's up one end of the field and down the other end of the field there's four lads wrestling on the ground and <laughs> it was just it was mad um, but the intensity that Ballyhale brought I spoke to you at half time in the game and yeah. I just felt the older legs in the Ballyhale team the the road like I said to you this game's not over five points there's nothing to worry about Dixborough will be coming back but I just thought that the Ballyhale legs wouldn't be able for it Colin Fenley really struggled with his calf I'd say that's a big worry for, for Ballyhale he really and I mean he walked around that field scored a point with seven minutes to go at a really yeah, important yeah. time set up a goal set up the Adrian Mullen yeah. goal stroke you know, but, like, yeah. but I, I promise Robbie and like I love Colin Fenley as a player you know that anyone that listens to the podcast knows how much I rate him but he walked around the field for 60 minutes Ballyhale got sent down to 40 men technically other than if it went straight to Colin's hand he couldn't do anything for Ballyhale yesterday and still scored a point set up a goal and lasted until four or five minutes to go I do not know how Ballyhale won that match I do know how they scored more yeah. but every stat on that pitch will back up a Dixborough win there yesterday yeah and it didn't get it and we're going to get on to Dixborough and the repercussions of this defeat but the Shamrocks uh, I have to say I'm not going to go into too much but this is exactly why I backed them to win the county title and I think I said it to you last weekend if, if it was a tight game they were always going to win it it didn't surprise me in the slightest there's a lot of things that they had obviously you mentioned intensity levels there the character that they showed um, but it's just a mentality Eddie is like nothing else and you could tell as the game was getting tighter and tighter towards the end that Dixborough weren't just wilting physically they were wilting mentally a bit and that wasn't because of any sort of you know lack of ability from their point of view in terms of their preparation but it just seems more like the aura that Ballyhale Shamrock still to this day this team and the club hold over other teams it's unrelenting and I think we saw that yesterday is that fair to say? It is um, you know the Vestilia resolve they're never going to be beaten they're never going to be backing down we've seen a glimpse of it against James Stevens earlier in the league championship yes. uh, 10 or 11 points down came back won the game um, I would hear a, a word of caution for Ballyhale Ballyhale played right. that game yesterday with massive intensity massive aggression and with that came a lot of costs Paddy Mullen got a red card and I'm going to say this now they're lucky Paddy Mullen was the only red card they got yesterday they played right on the edge and no one could have argued with another couple of red cards I can actually I can't remember a Dixborough player deserving to get booked or never mind a red card okay. there was serious aggression from Ballyhill they played right on the line sometimes I think maybe went a little bit over the line but not majorly now don't get me wrong there shouldn't have been 10 red cards yeah. but Paddy Mullen's red card came very late in the game they could have had red cards much earlier in the game in my opinion about 20 minutes to go yeah but if you'd seen the first half the, the, you know I wouldn't like the referee was slow to start pulling cards 
games now yeah. um, that's been straight and I'm not saying the referee had a bad game it was an impossible game to referee I'd say um, and he made some massive calls that's number one number two is the hits that Ballyhale were putting in the fair hits now the physicality that comes with its own cost too because there'll be bodies in Ballyhale this morning black and blue absolutely wrecked Ballyhale had Colin Fenley went off injured one of the corner backs went off injured Paddy Mullins got sent off I think there was somebody else went off I think Ballyhale had three players limp off injured in that match Derek Harkin was um, a bit of a death at the end uh, he, he was he had a, a monumental yeah. performance at yeah, fullback. Yeah. Like I told you, my biggest fear for Ballyhale was the player I thought they lost and missed the most was Joey Holden. Mm. Derek Harkin, he's he's really filling into that role of fullback. He's, he's a brilliant player. He's superb, but he, you'd kind of think he's better further yeah. up the field. But he's he's slotting in a fullback and he's doing a wonderful job. But just picking up two or three knocks, and when you look at the, the Ballyhale subs bench, they don't have that massive strength and depth that they've had in the past. So they'll need all these players back and fully fit. Like watching Colin Fenley yesterday I said to you I couldn't understand how I couldn't see him coming out for the second half I couldn't believe he came out for the second half but I'm going to say it now he's going to need a miracle to be able to play the next day because you know he was in so much trouble now Colin's in super condition and he'll be with physios and I know he's gone back to Dubai I think this morning Um, he's flying back just for the games Um, that's going to take a lot of your body as well that flying over and back and you know look he's got a two week gap that's the big saviour for Ballyhale there's a two week break now before the championship semi-finals and that'll give them a bit of hope but I would be nervous I don't think it's the foregone conclusion I would have thought before this game the winners of this game is going to win the county title I'm not convinced for now Really? I genuinely think there's more shocks to come in this championship. Ballyhale is who I think will win the championship. I do think that. But they're by no means certainties to win this championship. I'm telling you, Robbie. They're by no means certainties to win that championship. There's three other teams there have a lot to say in this yet. James Stephen Jester, without being impressive, won by six points. And if Keane Kenny to come back into that team. Yeah. You know, these lads aren't going to roll over and die and let everybody else beat them. I seen a fella jumping up and down in the stand Jester when the draw was being met when Ballyhale drew James Stevens. Now, I'm not saying it was a Ballyhale fella celebrating James Stevens. In fact, I know what club it was. It was somebody in the other draw. And I was thinking to myself, you're celebrating getting all Auckland Gales. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a bit to be done in this championship yet. But you say about the recovery and that, you know, that they're, they're going to struggle physically in that. But I've heard all of these things being thrown at Ballyhale this year. And the reason I haven't gone against them, and other people have, and a lot of other people have, a lot of people have stuck with the Shamrocks this year. They've, they've navigated this path not just last year not just the year before that for the last five years the same set of players this is the Ballyhale team of this generation now we're talking about we're not just talking about the club which a cultural thing helps as well as you know um, Eddie things that can happen kind of 10, 20, 30 years ago can help nowadays with certain clubs and certain sports and I'm sure it does help the Shamrock there's a great culture of victory and winning down there but this particular team just know exactly what it takes they know that there's two week breaks from quarterfinals into semifinals and another two week break so they know the demands that they can put upon themselves knowing that they can be ready for the next game do you not think they would have just fine-tuned this to they have fine-tuned this to absolute perfection once more and maybe some people are a bit disappointed that they have uh, well I'm most certainly not disappointed that they have um, I make no secret of the fact that every time I go to see Ballyhead Shamrocks I shout for them yeah, too you're wearing the green white um, I, I do shout for them all the time um, and I'm making no secret I did say to you and I meant it when I said it if Ballyhead win this this will be their greatest senior hurling championship of all of them oh, yeah. definitely of the last five this will be the six in a row but the sixth one you mark my words this will be their biggest achievement mm. um, they've done it they've navigated the path in the past you said that they've had great players retired like some Michael Fenley and Henry Shefflin yeah. and seamlessly the new lads have come through and even now the new lads coming through the likes of young Connor Walsh yesterday Owen Keneally getting man of the match like 
the shift he put in yesterday on Keneally like yeah. when you're listening on the radio you're listening I seen on TG Cahar last night that given TJ Reid man of the match and you know without question probably deserve him you know he's right up there yeah. too he scored a, a rake of good points he caught a lot of ball in the air Adrian Mullen was absolutely phenomenal yeah, one, yesterday 1-4 in the first half or 1-3 one 1-3 one three in the first half yeah, I, got, yeah. I think he might have got a point in the second half but he was fantastic he yeah. really was fantastic uh, Owen Keneally without getting on the scoreboard he was back battling fighting working doing all that dirty was, work was one of the key moments in the game I think it may have been Killian Hackett got the ball soloed the length of the pitch looked like he was just going to put it over the bar straight off the hurl and Keneally hooked him yeah. I think the Shamrocks went down the other end maybe got a score yeah. around that time how key was that it was massive what it was at the time Dixborough were getting into the ascendancy they were a big time like um, and what that done it was on the stand side where we were um, he, he broke down and you just expect him just to pop it over the bar but Keneally never gave up he chased and chased and now Killian Hackett had a shift yesterday he was fantastic oh, yeah. but Keneally came back in got the hook in turned the ball over and it was struck straight down into the opposite corner of the field and it was struck over the bar but to be fair you know he epitomises everything that's good in, in Ballyhale I seen I seen Adrian Mullen running 10 yards yesterday to, I won't say what player it was to absolutely ate a Ballyhale player for not tracking absolutely ate him I mean now he saw it to yeah. him I was the whole way back up in the back of that stand and I could hear a word for word <laughs> what Adrian Mullen was saying and I was thinking to myself you know oh god I'd die if I was this lad and next thing Adrian jogged on five yards and then turned back and he shouted something else but it was something like come on you're better than that and whatever and I just thought lads would say oh how do these lads keep going and what matters to them the whole lot them lads don't give a shit what's went on beforehand they don't care about the five championships they have all they want is this championship yeah. and that was you know it was a joy to watch yesterday in that like you take Owen Cody a player that I absolutely think is unmarkable on his day absolutely brilliant mm. he started that game like a man on fire and then I'm not joking there was a 30 minute lull there that Dixborough got a handle on him they were able to manage him stay tight with him but when the melting pot came in and there was 4 or 5 minutes to go and Ballyhale needed players to stand up Owen Cody got an absolutely outrageous score Mm. bought himself back in that's what class players do I'm talking them up now at the same time as saying that it's not a foregone conclusion I think Ballyhale will most likely win the championship now but I don't think it's going to be the procession that some people are, are suggesting looking at people leaving yesterday with the big smiles on their face the whole lot I'm telling you there's three other clubs in this draw that think they're going to win the championship oh yeah I completely agree with that as well I think it'll be very tight from here on in I want to go through this game in detail Eddie because it just it felt like the week beforehand we gave it the big bill it just felt like something bigger than a championship quarter final probably proved to be that in the end it was just a mammoth affair um, the first thing I want to talk about before we get into the game the half forward line that Pat Hoban lined out Adrian Mullen at 10 TJ Reid at 11 own Cody at 12 and then as you mentioned there he put him into the full forward line right to start to go for the juggler but do you think there was any bit of mind games and a bit of a kind of don't forget who we are by lining them out in the half forward line together um, sure look in fairness you know TJ is a natural centre forward that's going to be his position anyway yeah. Adrian's always going to be midfield or wing forward so that's his natural position mm. and own Cody is going to be wing forward or corner forward mm. so like I think what he did there was I think he matched up 
the half back line for Dixborough at the same time I know it's going to sound mad yeah. but Tom Kenny and Timmy Clifford have been Dixborough's main main two players oh, this season been you know, yeah. they've, they've been the star men in the backs so you throw that half forward line in on top of them and that's going to you know really put them under pressure before a ball's ever thrown in here you're thinking okay we're, all three of these are all stars as well now mm. so maybe a little bit of it was mind games that, that, that line contributed 115 to 120 yesterday and that's where I, I think I've said it all year I think they're the three that's why I think they'll win the championship and I just thought it was a bit I, I remember just reading through it just scanned it from left right. to right like everybody and I just thought oh my god yeah well the only thing I'd say to you now is there's a half back line in Kilkenny that's the best half-back line in the country. There is. And I can't wait. If they end up meeting each other in a county final, Deadly, all right, well, it will be when them three lads yeah. go up against the three in the half-back line. If it is, ends up being that, if the three O'Loughlin Gales half-backs go in there, I'm telling you now, they won't be pushed over. Mm. Um, you know, now in saying that, they're going to be coming up against the three best forwards in Kenny too. Like, so, three of the best in Ireland. Yeah, and, and you know, that's an exciting thing. Um, yeah, was it mind games with that? Look, First and foremost, that, that line won the game for Ballyhale Shamrocks yesterday. Yeah. But it was always going to be that line yes. that was going to win the game. Whether the it's most games. It does. The most, games. Um, the most important line, I think, in Hurling is your half-back line. Okay. Uh, the unsung hero yesterday for Ballyhale Shamrocks was without question Richie Reid. Right. Um, you'd have to see it back. I don't, I, I don't know what happened. I, I honestly don't know what happened. Well, I do know what happened. Ballyhale won. But what happened was Paddy Mullen got sent off. Right, and Richie Reid, by his own standards, I thought had had a quiet enough game up until Paddy Mullen's red card. Mm. But once Paddy Mullen got the red card, Richie Reid came into the game and actually looked like a free man in the half back line. Now Dixborough will be looking back at the game in a week's time when the when they're sore and it, they'll, you know I've Do been you think that soldier. Look back on it, yeah? Well, they'll have to. Like you don't learn if you don't. Yeah. You, you look back. You do look back on it. If they don't, they're nuts. They need to look back on it and say, right, what do we do wrong? How do we fix it? The management team have to look back on it. It's not easy to sit down and yeah. look at it because you'd win every game if you got to play it in reverse. True. Um, but you don't get to play in reverse. And I actually think Richie Reed, and if anyone can explain this to us, I'd be delighted to know. How did Richie Reed end up as a free man on a team of 14 players for the last 12 minutes of that game? Richie Reed at the Freedom in Nolan Park. And with the Freedom in Nolan Park, Richie Reed is absolutely unbelievable. He'll find players with passes, he goes in on the ball, and he turned the whole game on its head. Richie Reed turned the game on its head. Not Adrian Mullen, not Owen Cody, not TJ Reed, Richie Reed. You watch the last 15 minutes of that game, and no Ballyhill player will have a ball more in his hand than Richie Reed did. And what I'd wonder is, how did that happen when it was 15 against 14? And, 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 he, and yeah. genuinely he lit it up um, so for me that was the winning of the game that there <clears throat> from it but the game itself like there's 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 key moments in the game the, the, like the, the, the Adrian Mullen goal that's the one I was going to come to like you're yeah. on about the hook Colin Fenley caught that ball now Colin I mean this he was struggling to walk every time he ran for a ball he was down for a minute after it yeah. he was wincing in pain but he came out won a ball in front catches it in his hand 35 yards from goal turns around straight in front of the post I was already ticking I was already ticking Colin Fenley point yeah. he spots Adrian Mullen on the right hand side of his helmet and he puts an absolutely perfect pass straight into Adrian Mullen's hand right in the corner and it wasn't a, a given goal either and then Adrian Mullen absolutely let go with a bullet straight across the keeper into the back of the net any other team in Kilkenny that ball was tapped over the bar and they were going in two points up or three points up at half time instead of five points up at half time mm. that was the turning point in the game and that was a killer time to concede a goal it was right on the stroke at half time literally the keeper the referee asked for the ball from the puck out 
Yeah. Like, what a, what a shitty time to concede a goal. But then, Eddie, the second half comes, and I believe, and I might be wrong here, certainly if there were 10 points scored, Dixburg got nine of them, or they maybe even got nine in a row, because it went from a five-point deficit to a four-point lead, if I'm not mistaken, at one point in the yep. second half. How did they go about doing that, and why could they not continue the momentum even when they had that lead once Paddy Mullen got sent off? Yeah, so it went from they were five points down at half time. In the second half, they got to three points up, and then it went to two points, then it went three, and okay. then four. So yeah. Ballyhale kind of got going again. The, the red card, and it so happens so often in football and in hurling that sometimes the team with 14 men actually, yeah. it's the team with the 15 fella don't know what to do with them. Mm. I know that sounds terrible, and that's not what I'm suggesting happened yesterday. But in the county final last year, when Paddy Mullen got sent off mm. against James Stevens. the same thing happened Ballyhale obviously have a have a plan for if we go to 14 men we'll do this and it's a, it's a simple switch we'll go with two inside in the full forward line in that case yesterday say it was Colin Fenley that stayed inside in the full forward line bring somebody in beside him or even just leave Colin on his own inside and the rest of us will work back that's what they yeah. seem to do why didn't Dixborough see it out I'm going to actually say that a little bit of greenness bit of youth bit of naivety but this happened and I, I know what you're saying everybody said that the borough had their first year to kind of set a foundation last year and they could you could half understand why they lost to the village even though they had a strong league and championship the whole way up surely there's no excuses in this department this year very similar position last year lost you have to learn from your experience surely this is it but like I mean in fairness to them they were beaten by two points by Ballyhale Shamrocks it was they won't see it now themselves as a marked improvement on last year because last year they got to the county semi-final and this year they got knocked out in the quarterfinals so they won't see that as an improvement I would actually think this Dixborough team has come on a huge amount on last year genuinely I think they've went from there was no one putting them in as contenders I wasn't putting them in as contenders last year maybe there was loads of people putting them in as contenders I wasn't but this team has really came on they've come on a ton but yesterday and I'm not going to single out players but like yesterday Harry Shine had a couple of great scores but fizzled out near the end of the game he was targeted an awful lot now he took an awful lot of uh, an awful lot of hits and, and an awful lot of kind of off the ball stuff like he was given no peace at all out there yesterday um, Lee Moore who I absolutely think is a, a wonderful hurler brilliant player he hit a couple of really poor wides by his standard do you know on another day there were straight over the black spot Bill Sheen has been lighting up this championship he was held to a point yesterday you know he was he was pretty quiet there yesterday like take Andy Gaffney out of the forwards there and the forwards for Dixborough contributed four points to the scoreboard in total the other like Killian Buckley got one Liam Moore got two Aidan Nolan got one and Bill Sheehan uh, sorry five points to the scoreboard of 21 without Andy Gaffney out of it the midfield Killian Hackett was superb yesterday Ollie Walsh has been brilliant all year Ollie Walsh came off yesterday Shane Stapleton came off from Ollie Walsh by his, again by his standards that wasn't his day yesterday Tom Kenny was a lot quieter yesterday than he has been in the championship Timmy Clifford been man of the match probably in every game he was a lot quieter yesterday it was just I, I honestly think when 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 when, when Dixborough got that three four point lead they needed to kick on there was a couple of really good chances they had that they didn't capitalise on and Ballyhale the minute they find that cheek in your armour they're in on top of you like a shot and that's what happened yesterday 
a couple of more big moments in the game I think TJ Reid got uh, a score first score for Ballyhill in 10 minutes and that kind of seemed to begin the process of a comeback for the Shamrocks um, everybody will remember the Gaffney free right at the end but there was a save before that from Dean Mason if I'm not mistaken yeah. I don't can't remember who took the shot exactly um, but that was a huge save at that point in the game this has kind of gone into additional time yeah it was uh, Dean Mason got really got down low made a brilliant brilliant save it was a, it was obviously it was a certain goal yeah. from the strike Andy Gaffney's free in fairness to him he hadn't missed the free all day it was about 10 minutes to go in the game when he hit that free it just seemed the to one that went wide this is yeah do you know the one I'm on about that he yeah. struck it yeah. wide yeah. on his left hand side the only one he hit wide all day I think. yeah well that's it he caught it all wrong he, he literally caught the free all wrong it wasn't like it was a just off target he literally caught it all wrong he was lucky yeah. that it made it to the goal I put it to that way he yeah, caught yeah. it that poorly and and you couldn't fault Andy it was, it was one slight it was just unlucky what happened uh, the goal chance that was in it again they struck it wide and I was saying it to the lad beside me in the box like I said it straight away like I mean they need to be tapping these over the bar you have to keep taking 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 keep it going um, TJ scored to put Bally Hill back into the game I think that was the sideline cut um, you know he scored a sideline cut yesterday TJ Reid yeah he did yeah. there was no one else on, 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 on the field going to do what he did there he even went for another one on the halfway line later in the game like, but the Andy Gaffney free was probably more of a turning point than the goal chance Dean Mason save when you say and I really want to be careful what I say because I think Dixborough have been great this year Andy Gaffney has been one of the players of the Kilkenny League and Championship when you talk about winning county titles yeah he only missed one free yeah TJ Reid doesn't miss that free I know he missed one yesterday but he doesn't miss the big freeze is that we're just talking fine margins here and we have to accept that maybe that is the difference at this level no, and, and he hit 13 points yesterday out of a possible 21 he missed one free yeah. TJ's free the free TJ missed was worse um, and he didn't miss when it counted most hold on you have to remember a point in the first minute is the same as a point in the last minute the other freeze the, the freeze TJ got yeah. late in the game Andy Gaffney would have popped them over the bar too Andy Gaffney's free wasn't a gimme he caught it wrong but he was out on the mm-hmm. sideline I'd have to defend him and not defend him because I know you're not criticising no, him no I'm not criticising him it's such it it's talking about the very, very but the goal margins. chance the goal chance for Dixborough if that fall to Adrian Mullen is it in the back of the net probably is Owen Cody is it in the back of the net yeah. probably is do you know it was just but you have to remember all these lads have far more miles in the clock they have far more experience at this level um, like Dixborough will go into the championship next year as second favourites to win the championship whoever and probably Bally Hale will be favourites regardless of who wins the championship right. um, but, but Dixborough like I feel I really feel sorry for Dixborough Um yesterday because they, okay. they, they, on, the, on the balance of play Dixborough you know you, Ballyhale didn't deserve to lose either like, but Dixborough didn't I would have loved in that game to go to extra time yesterday Yeah, and then it, it, it was never going to go there but Dixborough could have won it with the last puck of the ball there was seemed to be war over this a penalty was given originally I mean I have to say I saw it back it was never a penalty in a million years it was well outside the box um, and then the free is saved by Dean Mason and the game is basically blown up but you're going to say something there on that yeah if that was an inter-county match that's a penalty it is, yeah. It's a clear goal scoring opportunity, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a penalty. Yeah. And Bally Hill are out of championship. It's but it's not a county game, match. Though. No, it's not. And then I see I see um another lad putting it up on his podcast last night or not not Kilkenny's Couldn't most be as popular. good as this. No, not Kilkenny's ah. most popular sports podcast, no. But it, no, I just seen it on I just seen it on Twitter last night. Somebody put up, Oh, this is the ruination of the game, this type of a cynical foul and whatnot. To me, you, you do what you have to do. There's you not take a person for the in team. the country that wouldn't have made that foul. Yeah, well, there is. There's lots of players that are stupid enough not to have made that oh, foul. Really? Oh, you get some. I'm telling you, how many times have you said he should have took one for the team? That's taking one for the team yesterday. Yeah, now. 
at that time of the game, it is. I'd imagine most players. I remember I, I, we we done a we done a yoke with the cash act, and I was talking to a player. I can't remember who it was at the time, but we said about if you got a red card, you weren't allowed to stay in the field for celebrations. And I said, would that make you think about? putting in that late tackle and he just started laughing he said I can give a shit for the next day on the field for the celebrations I'll go into the dressing room yeah, yeah. but they did what they had to do That in any other game that was a penalty where, they, where the controversy started was the referee probably would have been better off to go and talk to his umpires first before he signalled the penalty in fact what the referee done was he jogged in to confirm it, what he had seen with his eyes yeah. and then he put his hands out for a penalty now he went in and looked at the line that's what he was doing and said alright that's where the foul was yeah. but the umpire called him and said no no that was three or four yards further out than that and that's why the result got the, the, the free was changed yeah. if you get me to a free and it was the right call that it was a free but there was you know the referee yesterday I thought was he let it go and we're always giving out where referees being too whistle happy and blow mm. too quickly and the whole lot so he let the game flow yesterday and then as a result of him letting the game flow at half time I seen two Ballyhale mentors going in challenge him about something and then two Dixford players going in challenging him about something so you're damned if you do if you're damned if you ah, don't yeah. um, the call at the end they got to the right call in the end um, Dixford didn't seem happy about it was that just putting a bit of pressure on rather than actually thinking he got the wrong made the wrong call we know he didn't make the wrong call because we've all seen it yeah. on video now so he was three yards outside oh, yeah, well, so it was never if, like, if that penalty had been given and Dixford <gasps> scored that goal your phone lines would have exploded oh, with people yeah. ringing in saying this is wrong it's Liverpool yeah. Tottenham stuff yeah um, they, 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 in fairness to the officials they got to the right decision in the end I know um, Michael Walsh and, and his backroom team will be devastated by it but this is down to I think the fact that the referee signaled for a penalty for first yeah and I think then, that makes a bit more do you know what I mean I think he should have well if you think about it think about me who's constantly getting suspended and yes. thrown out of fields and whatnot. Yeah. penalties given to my team in the last minute of a county quarter final against Ballyhead Shamrocks the referee is just blown for a penalty I know Andy's not going to miss that penalty in my heart yeah. yes we're going to be in a county final this is the last puck of the game and then a man in a white coat puts his hand up and the penalty's taken off my team regardless of whether this is a penalty or not yeah. in my head the referee has just awarded my team a penalty and he has the final call and he's been called in and his mind's been changed by a, a lines an umpire Killian Buckley was straight in on the umpire the minute he put his hand up but the minute the umpire put the hand up you do know that that penalty was being reversed ah, what, yeah. what other reason was he calling the referee yeah. in? I thought it was great I thought it was great officiating that's what you're meant to do yeah 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 I you thought know. it was absolutely perfect that's you how you're supposed to work together exactly. as a team you wouldn't be saying that if you were in the Dixborough camp no that's the problem no, Killian went straight to the umpire and he said to the umpire oh uh, Mr. Umpire I, I think you're I think you might be mistaken uh, that's, that's definitely a penalty yeah, yeah. Michael Walsh went out onto the field to play and, and, and I'd say said something similar to the umpire yes. saying excuse me I think you, you're mistaken this is, a, this is actually a penalty yeah. the referee went with the decision from the umpire history is great because you can look back on something and say was it right or wrong that was the right call yeah. but it won't feel like that for the Dixborough people because the referee flagged for the penalty first okay I said we're going to talk about the repercussions for Dixborough you said they'll go in next year as one of the favourites um might be a bit raw and a bit early to be talking about this and the reason I don't want to be going on about saying that I thought the Shamrocks would win and you thought Dixburg would win because of so much time for Michael Walsh we both do he's an absolute gentleman and a brilliant hurling manager um, what does it mean for the future of that management team do you just go again is it as simple as that pick it up and go again or are certain defeats hard to come back from uh, look all defeats are hard to come back from when you're knocked out of championships um, that management team is new enough I know Michael's been at the helm a while Gavin Nolan well, it's only his second year Michael um, yeah but 
even Gavin Nolan wasn't there last year mm. for example Gavin's only after coming in Don O'Rourke I think may have yeah. been there last year wasn't he I think so yeah um, so and Jerry Fitz but and sorry I think yeah John Tracy's there as well in the background but if I was as an as a neutral, yeah. I really hope that management team stay on board. I would, yeah. Um, yeah. They play a lovely brand of hurling. They're they're not that far away. I genuinely feel this is an improving team. I honestly think they are better this year than they were last year. I know they got knocked out at an earlier stage this year, mm. but they got knocked out by Ballyhale Shamrocks. They didn't get knocked out by a team that they would have felt. No, I, I agree. But you know when you're in in that. And I know they would have been in a mental frame this year, maybe different to last year, where they thought we're winning the county title, not in an arrogant way, but in a sort of we're this good, we know we're this good that we can can and will win the county title. And now all of a sudden you've been stopped. You've been stopped two rounds prior to when you thought you were going to be stopped, and you've been stopped by the one team that you probably still had that little niggle in the back of your mind, thinking if anyone's going to stop us, it's the, this team. And they've only turned up once this year, and they turned up when it mattered most, and we couldn't turn them over. Like there's a lot of factors as to how they were eliminated here that will rest with them for longer than a week or two yeah they, they, look the winter's great that way like you're going to have a long time yeah. to like it's a long time till next August when they play the first round yeah, what's the first round knockout championship September probably yeah, first round of August and then first round of September or first weekend of September for yeah so you have a year to dwell on that one um it's awful when you think about it, isn't it? But the gap is too long, yeah. Like, this is why I love Blues today, play next week. <laughs> like the way. And funnily, Mickey said he was a big fan of the uh, split season. He, when I was chatting to him before, sorry, we had an interview with him um, on the show before the game, and uh, he said that he loves the split season. Oh, the split season for the yeah, club, but then yeah, yeah. I've no, I've no issue with it at all. Yeah. It's week on week, so this is what I'm saying to you. When you're in the championship, if you lose a yeah. game three weeks ago, you're out next week. You can put it oh, away. Yeah, yeah. But look, this will be down to what Michael Walsh wants to do. Dixborough won't be in a rush to get rid of Michael Walsh. Oh God, uh, no, that won't. Um, that and that, that backroom team as well. I, I honestly think Dixborough, Dixborough leaves the championship with their heads held high here. They, they won the league championship. That won't stand for anything now. To them, they'll, they'll be hurting too much at the moment. But I think when we're looking at our team of the year, I'll be surprised. There's not a couple of Dixborough players heavy in that. As you know, I mean, the arguments for most of the positions. They got caught yesterday, but I think they're a young team. They really are. That's I'm not true. just saying that. They are a young team. They came up against a team yesterday who I think definitely are coming to the end of that cycle, whether it's this year or next year or the year after. That cycle is coming to an end. Oh, yeah. Naturally. Dixborough are in the best position to take up that mantle, and they'll know that. And that's in that dressing room yesterday. I hope them lads, I know they're devastated and their heads are down but I hope them lads are walking out of that dressing room with their heads thinking we're just there we're just there two points two points we got beaten by the All-Ireland Champions yesterday on on a day that they turned up they didn't beat, get beaten by Ballyhale on a day that Ballyhale didn't turn up Ballyhale turned up yesterday yeah. and only won by two points just a final one on this for Dixborough um, I know maybe they probably won't even care what happens for the rest of the championship will they be half hoping that the Shamrocks go on and win the county title um, they might be because there's two city teams left in the championship that's true as well yeah no um, that's a big thing I'd, well I'd say they're going to be shouting for the Shamrocks but just for though. themselves to know to almost have that sort of okay we are the second best team in the county and we are the coming team to eventually dethrone the Shamrocks if it's any sort of consolation for them rather than say Benny Bridge going on winning and you're sitting there thinking what on earth has happened here yeah see do you know what 
It's, it's actually no consolation at all. Some of the players might say that if Ballyhale go and win the championship, if they go and win their next two games by 15 points and 15 points, then you're sitting down. It makes next January a lot easier in the gym when they're saying these boys steamroll the championship afterwards and we were only just pipped. Yeah. But does that mean, does it counterproduct that one if, if O'Loughlin Gale's going on and win this championship or Bennett's Bridge? Do they think, oh, geez, we're miles away now? I don't think so. I think they'll winter well. There'll, there'll, there'll be a good few of these lads brought into the Kenny panels to train during the summer or during the winter I should say and that'll stand them in good stead as well um, look pick up your teeth it's it's going to be tough uh, it's a tough one to take for Dixbury yesterday because they were so good uh, they've been so good in this championship and they were so good again yesterday just came up short against the juggernaut that is Ballyhale on a day that they were going Right we will uh, talk about the Shamrocks when we go and look at the semi-final draws uh, they're playing the village because the village bet Ballycallan on Sunday by 118 to 15 points that was the first quarter final in UPMC Nolan Park we've spoken at length at this stage about Dixborough and the Shamrocks um, to touch on this one Eddie what did you make of it you were on commentary duty for it seemed like a fairly flat affair for a quarter final it was um, it was but it was more down to the village themselves played quite well within themselves there were certain players played phenomenal Greg Bally Hallen as much as Dixborough will be kicking themselves Greg Ballycannon lost by six points yesterday and literally I mean literally poked themselves out of the championship yesterday yeah. with wide after wide after wide it was just the intensity wasn't there the hits the the battles all over the field it wasn't the same as the second game but it was just down to Greg Ballycallon's um, like, like James Stevens. James Stevens were good in patches you know you've seen glimpses of it uh, I'm sure Brian Cody's leaving that game saying we've a lot to work on here Like, and Jesus he's saying it now anyway because the Ballyhale Shamrocks in two weeks <laughs> yeah, time yeah. so um, there's lots of green shoots there now if you're a James Stevens man you know, I seen them leaving. They're f- they're fully focused now. They're switched on. Um, but Greg Ballycallan yesterday, that game was there for the winning yesterday. And some of the big players for Greg Ballycallan who've been starring all year, they, they didn't they didn't have their game yesterday, and they needed them yesterday. And, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, Greg Ballycallan came up a little bit flat, and the scoreboard flatters James Stevens because Greg Ballycallan hit so many bad whites. Was it Neil Brazel that got the goal? Was that a bit of a freak goal? Yeah, and it was very early in the game as well. So you know, like we reverted back to it a few times talking about the goal it was too early in the game to be the sucker punch that does you but it was a shocking goal it was a shocking shocking goal for defensively the ball came to Niall Brassel you said about the Shamrocks game a point at the start is the same as the point at the end no a point is the same yeah. if you put it wide but, but that goal yeah. I, it, it seemed to be the difference though in the sense that Ballycallan never got within more no, than three they never got back to three points no. three points is the most they ever got to. it did look it was a cru- it was a killer blow but what I'm saying is if I'm going to concede a goal in a match I'd like to concede in the first 10 or 15 minutes I don't want to be conceding a goal yeah. with five minutes to go in a game that's tight but now the reason I'm saying it's not down that goal didn't win the game for James Stevens okay. but what happened Niall Brazel a speculative effort Tygo Dwyer had gone in full forward Niall Brazel decided to bomb a, bomb a ball down on top of him now maybe he was shooting I don't know maybe I'm giving him too yeah. much credit here but I definitely don't think he was. he was he was way out but the ball dropped there was a really big sun in your eyes down there every time the ball went down that individual you could see all the pairs yeah, holding their hands up to try and block yeah and I think Connor Flynn went for the ball I'm open for that Tygo Dwyer went for the ball Kieran Hine the goalkeeper all they all went for the ball and I could see poor old Kieran. he seen the ball at the very last second as it was going in over his shoulder yeah, yeah. and it nestled in the back of the net like he's had a week he conceded an own goal the week before he got lobbed by one of his own players <laughs> and then the low lying sun yesterday there was no one's fault 
if I was being ultra critical there I'd have said maybe get your body in front of where you think that ball's going to land that it'll hit you on the chest and maybe yeah. stay in your line but that's been over critical because that's hindsight yeah and I think but it's easy saying after the ball's nestled in the back of net who'd be a goalkeeper like but you know it wasn't his fault he just got blinded by the sun it was a fortuitous goal at best um, but the reason I'm saying it wasn't the winning and losing of the game was Greg Ballycallan had more than enough opportunities to make up for that they'd three one-on-ones with the keeper and got no score off it like two wides and, 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 and one struck straight at the keeper that was put back for free like Greg Bally Callan should have had two or three goals before half time if James Stevens were playing Bally Hill Shamrocks with Bally Hill Shamrocks playing yesterday James Stevens would have been beaten by 20 points was there an, an inevitability about this the way the game not just in terms of the village winning but the way they won it and you know just got through their business from about never. 10 minutes into the second half you just knew that the game was over uh, because Greg Bally Callan's shooting with the exception of Jesse Roberts who was shooting the lights out yeah. when he got the ball the, the Greg Bally Callan Sean Ryan actually as well in fairness to me he was, he was on the freeze and he hit a, he did a nice few scores there but like Colin Penderville who'd been brilliant all year wasn't getting on the ball he wasn't getting enough of the ball uh, Tommy Ronan didn't get enough of the ball yesterday he got a point from play but there was two or three times he made runs that if the ball was popped off to him he probably would end up in the back of the net and, and they weren't given to him yeah. Aaron McAvoy another player who's been brilliant all year you know he just wasn't getting on the ball there um, Billy O'Neill scored a brilliant point from half back but again two or three long range efforts after that that dropped off to the wide you know and it's it's so frustrating when you're in the full forward line when them half backs are shooting from way out and they're going yeah. wide it's there was a, an era of inevitability about it and then on the flip side of that James Stevens, their their star players performed I'm going to say at 7 maybe 8 out of 10 right but then other players who've been absolutely 10 out of 10s all year they turned up for 5 or 6 minutes and disappeared again and turned up again and I think James Stevens have an awful lot left in the in, in the boot as well like um, just before we get on to Bally Callan because I want to speak about them because it'll be the last time we probably get to speak about them at length um, the village like are they going into this with good preparation I was chatting with Peter Butler the selector before the game and he had mentioned um, you know maybe you know it wasn't ideal against so Lachlan's wasn't ideal against the Shamrocks now they're coming off the back of a quarter final that is in such stark contrast to the way Shamrocks have made it um, they haven't had to reach a level their highest level yet presumably they're going to have to get there if they're going to beat the Shamrocks we know the Shamrocks can switch it on. I, I know people say they can't, but th- it seemed like yesterday was just another um, layer added onto that argument. Can the village switch it on here, or are they moving towards and they actually don't need to just switch it on? Oh, they most certainly need to switch it on. It's like this is like way off where they need to be. Is oh, it? They're no, not no, kind yeah. of transitioning into that no. level at all. No, no. They're That's got to be worrying then. Has I, it? I would be. The only thing I will say is. Niall Brazel at centre back was brilliant yesterday. Okay, yeah. Take out the goal. The goal was lucky. He won't. Uh, have you ever met Niall Brazel in the flesh? I no. played soccer with him yeah, a long, long time ago. A good distance away from him before he starts slagging him about the oh, goal. But, yeah, yeah. but like he scored one two yesterday. He's he was fantastic again. He's 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 a, a mountain of a man. He's brilliant. He is. He was super yesterday. Luke Scanlon was absolutely exceptional again yesterday. He hit five points from play, yeah. dropping from midfield to centre forward and dropping back again. And then Ty Goodwire. Ty Goodwire never never scored yesterday from play he never scored yesterday at all 
Tiger Dwyer has a lot more to offer than that. Yeah. Keen Kenny is going to come back into that team. We know what Keen can offer. Keen Kenny's broke his finger, though. That's the only thing I'd say. I interviewed him after the game. He's definitely going to be back in two yeah. weeks' time. He had an operation back already. Back fully fit, though, kind of. Ah, yeah, your fingers healed first quick, yeah. right? He put a bill of a glove on him and away you go. Yeah, look at you. Yeah, you're fine. You're well out to play it's, there. It's, it's as bad as it comes. Um, <laughs> Keen Kenny, a little I'm bit tougher. Recovering. Yeah, he's a little bit tougher than you now. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be back. Uh, Keen Kenny will be back in it off for an all lot. Uh, Ross Whelan was quiet yesterday. Uh, Owen Gilfoyd got three points, but he was actually quite enough now for, for himself. Um, Eaton Butler did okay. Uh, he started instead of Liam Rafter. He did well. Sean Minogue's been very good at wing forward. Mm. Um, you know, it's it, Dermot Cody played full back yesterday, but I think that was more a man-marking job, or uh, that's what I'm going to say. It, you know, he looked back on the game there, Dermot Cody. Uh, Jesse Roberts scored five points, four or five points from play, like, so he would have had, he, he'll need to be a lot tighter the next day if it's Owen Cody or Colin Venley he's picking up. Um, you know, because that's who's going to be coming up against them. But for me, I think I think James Stevens aren't so bad. Uh, I think James Stevens for 50 minutes against Ballyhale in the League Championship put in a shift that would make you go, whoa, these guys are flying. Yeah. And then for 10 minutes, put in a shift where you're saying, Jesus, these guys are in serious bother. Yeah. I don't know which James Stevens is going to turn up against Ballyhale. It needs to be the one to turn up for the 50 minutes and they need to turn up for 60 minutes and they need to be 5% better than they were or even 10% better than they were that day. Right. But um, I wouldn't write them off. Uh, Bally Callan. Uh, good season look a really good season spoke to a Bally Callum person after the game they, they weren't and, and that's 100% as well Robbie they weren't up for interviews and stuff like that after the match and I completely understand that yeah. I, I'm i I'm a person that doesn't like to talk to people after we lose and, and it's, it's a horrible place a to be just a person that doesn't like to talk to people <laughs> I just don't like people at all <laughs> I don't like them at all um, but no it's just it's not an easy place to be and the point that he said to me was that the biggest disappointment was that they'll have went out of championship on a poor performance yeah where they felt that you know they would have much preferred to lose the game by a point yeah after putting in a shift and saying you know we're not far away here at all but to do what happened yesterday he said you know that really really hurt and it leaves the season with a poor taste in the mouth the big call here now would be Eugene Clunan um, it's a fair trip now from Galway to Greg Ballycallan for training I don't think he's living in Kilkenny I'm not sure he no, may have no, no. it's just his work allowed him to this year I was chatting with uh, Dave O'Neill the Ballycallan chairman before the game again um, we do extensive previews of these games I should say um, and uh, he had mentioned that his work allowed him this year didn't allow him last year yeah and like, I don't know what his work you see he's working in the same place as James Royal, they work together right. um, that's where the connection comes yeah. but I, I, I don't know what will happen next year I don't know if if Eugene will be there I hope he is there I think Greg Ballycallan they'll be sore but they've had a really good year Robbie ok um, that's the village in Ballycallan and that wraps up Sunday's action on the senior side of things on Saturday uh, O'Loughlin's defeated Mullinavat by 18 points to 210 this is the third time they've met over the last uh, three years it was a one point win for Mullinavat in 2022 a one point win for O'Loughlin's in 2021 and now a two point win for O'Loughlin's in 2023 they're always incredibly tight games Saturday was no different but in the end O'Loughlin's got over the line and they'll be absolutely delighted to be in another semi-final yeah they, they certainly will um, obviously I wasn't at this game myself nope. um, look it's a big win for, for O'Loughlin Gales Mullinavat we'll, we'll start with them I, I felt during the year I said that to you about Mullinavat they're one of these clubs that are dogged they stick with you yeah. they fight hard they're good hurlers as well but they're honest they had a terrible year by their own standards but they solved it they got it they got their act together they, the wins when they needed them got themselves out at once 
stage I was tipping them for relegation unheard of did they have they a good year and I'll put no no like they this. didn't they had a terrible no, year yeah but, the, yeah, but did, did they even solve it in the end or is it just they, they got, got to a quarter final and got beaten by two points by Lachlan Gales who'd be right there I think they're happy with that Eddie I think, no, no. Team, I think they made a semi-final in 2015 haven't made one since yeah they want to pro- it's it's more or less the same team I, I completely accept where you're coming yeah. from here but you have to take this from this one they got the living stones pounded out of them mm. pounded out of them by Tullerone they did they come back the following week and put in a really good performance against O'Loughlin Gales right yeah. lost by four or five points then they go out and get absolutely pummeled by Clara wasn't it Clara? lost to Dixborough I think after and then lost to Clara yeah, yeah that's right so what I'm saying is that beating from Clara like Clara really gave them a scutcheon now oh they did a big one yeah yeah so yeah. that left them going into <coughs> a relegation playoff mm. in big big trouble yeah they come out in the relegation playoff and they put in the performance of the year for them yeah they did no they didn't first, so yeah. they went from at me telling you these always make a quarter final minimum you having this argument with me before the start of the championship yeah. I said to you Mullen will always get to a quarter final you said they need to be giving you more and you're right but the year that they had was so up and down and up and down I, I think there was a sigh of relief that they got to a quarter final they come up against all Auckland Gales they come up short they're only beating two points it's not the end of the world did Mullen Nevada have a good year by their own standards they didn't have a good year because of the league championship how things went and what not but the truth of the matter is when they look back on it they had a really poor league campaign but they still managed to sort the crap out get themselves the win when they needed it in a league in a, in a relegation semi-final and then put in a shift against O'Loughlin Gales they only lost by two points they've nothing to be ashamed of here they've nothing to have their heads down about drive on look they, they got beaten in the quarterfinal I see what you're saying these lads need to get to semi-finals it's not that easy is a good season situational in terms of how it's going week to week and where you find yourself at the end or is a good season what you're target was before a ball was poked and how you finished up can, it can be both Robbie like I mean yeah. if you've, if you've it, certain circumstances can dictate mm. that like every team at the start of the championship's target well not every team but most teams target will be getting the county semi-finals yeah. you know you'll have a few teams that'll say I always say if your target is not to get relegated you're getting relegated yeah do you know so you, I, I'd like to think that there's 12 teams in the Kilkenny championship that want to get to the semi-final at the start there's one or maybe three or four teams want to win it but the, everyone wants everyone to win wants it to win but it, realistically yeah. there's three or four teams that may win it yes um, so you know but you say Mullinavad I would have said the target for Mullinavad this year would have been to get to the county semi-final they came up one game short in that yeah. during the year I can tell you when they were on the way home from the Tullerone game they weren't thinking about county semi-finals if you get what I'm saying no I know I understand what you're so saying so that changed the goalposts do move when the form drops in the, in the cold light of day though they've made a quarter final they've lost very marginally to a Lachlan's I, I think on the face of it that sounds good but then if you spin it they took two really bad beatings against sides that were knocked out in the first round of the championship quite convincingly yep. in Clara and Tullerone they've won two games against Danes Fort and Comer one of the teams to beat are going to be playing intermediate next year the other team could well be playing intermediate the year after like going forward do you think to be worried because of that maybe no see look, without being in the camp in Mullinavat you won't know what was going on or what happened or different things the, you know Colin O'Byrne will have an idea what was the issues and he tried to rectify them during the season are they worried they're not next year is a whole new year they'll come back okay. Okay. in January heads up got to the quarterfinal again drive on let's get to the semis next year and to be honest if I was Mullinavat I'd be disappointed to be knocked out but I'd be happy enough that we did get our act together ok I, as far as I know I know some people that were at the match they were very disappointed at the end but I 
think um, yeah I would actually lean towards your um, argument Eddie but I just obviously have to play devil's advocate in this um, O'Loughlin's they'll be absolutely delighted uh, they're just they're, they're, they're the one thing I say it every week they're not catching the eye at all but they're still in it and they've a hell of a chance of winning it yeah, they do. Um, the, the big thing with O'Loughlin Gales is their backs, but they conceded two goals the weekend. They did, yeah. Um, that'd be a worry for me now. Um, would it? Oh, Jesus Christ, it would be, yeah. yeah. You know, like, I mean, Ballyhill Shamrocks scored one goal yesterday against Dixborough. You know, Dixborough gone out of the championship. Ballyhill Shamrocks forward line, they're so dangerous for goals. You know, that's the one thing you have to make sure that you're touch tight on. You're not going to let that happen. The backs here, Hugh Lawler, Mikey Butler, Tony Forrest, I think it's down to start cornerback yesterday on Saturday. David Fogarty, Paddy Deegan, Jordan Malloy. Like, David and Jordan, unbelievable going forward. Unbelievable going forward. But we're going to have to lock up shop here now to get to Bennett's Bridge are bombing goals in to beat the it's band fairness, like, yeah. so <laughs> IP of all the teams to be playing now next in the county semi-final they're coming up to Bennett's Bridge who've been bombing goals to beat the band and they're knocked in two goals there Mullinavat put two goals past these uh, now Mullinavat there are no slouches in there John Walsh she knocks them that'll cause problems for anybody as well I, I, I just I just think for O'Loughlin Gales the, the, the catalyst for them is their half-back line they have a phenomenal half-back line they've a very good full back line they have a goalkeeper whose puck outs are absolutely spot on um, you know his distribution is brilliant Mark Bergen's on fire um, this season as well look they'll, they'll have a bit to say in this championship still I know Owen Wall um, Owen Wall is going very very good as well um, they did a big enough win against James Stevens as well yeah they, in the, the Shield fight 22-15 would you be worried that first round of the championship their biggest game of the year and that thing that's always been hung against them internally and externally over the last number of years that they lack forwards maybe came to the fore nobody really stood out in the forward line for O'Loughlin's bar Mark Bergen who was on the freeze yeah it could be a worry well it will be a worry Brian Hogan will definitely be looking at that and trying to address it the one thing I would say is the score to put up in the, in the shield final they'll revert back and they'll say look we have the forwards to do this like we, we are capable of doing it that's that's what you have to think as well like do you know what I mean it's, it's oh, yeah. you clutch at them I'd much prefer to be Brian Hogan rectifying the forwards not scoring than 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 anybody else than than Eugene Clunan or Colm O'Byrne or or Mikey Welch this morning you know I'd love to oh, be yeah, Brian do, do you know what I'm saying you'd love, you'd love to have something to work on rather than be out with it exactly so they've yeah. got something to work on now um, and, and maybe Brian Hogan's timing is perfection maybe maybe these boys are coming in under the radar and there's no team I can assure you there's no manager that addressed them saying right lads keep it tight here now we don't want to win this game by more than two yeah, points yeah, yeah. we're coming in under the radar Robbie and Eddie will be talking about us <laughs> do you know so no well Auckland Gales 18 points not going to win you a championship you're going to need more than that um, conceding 210 that's you know with, with the exception of the concession of the two goals I think that would be very good defensively okay. um, so lots to build on and, and, and I think still a bit to say but they're coming up against a team that's scoring the most goals in the yeah, second yeah. championship next so it'll be interesting to see how they come out in that and we will get on to that then Bennis Bridge and Glenmore 314 to 17 points I had them as dark horses throughout the year uh, I think I've been vindicated I said they'd make a semi-final they have um, Bennis Bridge uh, they're, they're just getting better and better it seems are they? Yeah, they are. <laughs> I know, six-point win. Glenmore, we'll, we'll go to Glenmore first. Okay. Glenmore had a really good year. Got beaten in the league championship final. Um, but then it'll feel, it won't feel anything now, like, you know, being being knocked out of the quarterfinal stage. Um, that, that'll hurt. Glenmore, I think they won't I know it's going to sound silly now, but they, they won't see where I'm coming from in on this one but I actually think this is a brilliant year for Glenmore I think 
but they can build on this so much now yeah. they have so much to work with they know that they're competitive they were only beating 6 points 6 points is nothing in hurling and it was very it was even tighter throughout most of the game it definitely was you know and then it comes down to the ability of Bennett's Bridge to dig out goals but I think just looking at 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 Glenmore this year Owen Murphy every year for Glenmore has been brilliant he really has yeah. and this year was no different he was he was superb all year Alan Murphy at centre forward you know Alan Murphy is after lighting up this championship yeah. he is one name I can guarantee you that Kilkenny are looking at big time this year he, he has to be because he's been in the panel he's in the panel for a long time but you know it's 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 time now I think it could be Alan's time you know he was super this year uh, Jerry Aylward you know he's reeling in the years I know he stepped away from the Kilkenny panel but the benefactors of him stepping away from Kilkenny is definitely Glenmore yeah. you know he's been outstanding Shane Murphy Owen Aylward I think this morning Glenmore will be waking up with a hangover they'll be sore and they'll be disappointed over you know exiting the championship to Bennett's Bridge they would have fancied themselves against Bennett's Bridge but I think in the cold light of day the people of Glenmore need to look back on that and say you know what we haven't had a bad year and we've lost the work of Bob Aylward done a really good job I think that's Bob's first year in charge of Glenmore yes. could be wrong on that so. it is, I'm nearly sure it's it his is, first yeah. And I think he's done a really, really good job working with a very small panel. I remember the day that beat Ballyhale down in Ballyhale. I think they had only 20 players talked. Mm. Um, they've had a remarkable season. It's just unfortunate for them they came up against the Bennett's Bridge juggernaut that's 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 picking up a bit of momentum. They are certainly. I spoke to Bennett's Bridge manager Tim Dooley again before the game. We were obviously, as I say, we previewed these games as best we can. And I spoke about the returning players and I think we alluded to this last week, Eddie. Jason Clear, Kieran Brennan, Liam Blanchfield being probably the biggest of those but how important have they been in terms of just making that starting 15 and the entire panel a whole lot better as the season's gone on no, but this is it you know that's 50% of your forwards are after coming back in you know you've, you know, and, 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 and they've all contributed it's not that they've come back in and not uh, Kieran Brennan got a goal the other day and a vital goal as well yeah. he's a fabulous herder, fabulous soccer player he's, he's actually just a really talented sports person is, yeah. um, Liam Blanchfield is a massive handful you know at full forward he's just such he seems to be called mayhem he, but he is but he's always going to do that because yeah. he's big he's strong he's physical do you know what he is he's the very same as Colin Fenley he's that type oh, he of is, hurler yeah, yeah. Um, and he's going to cause problems for you but he brings in the players around him and he drives them on as well um, but all across the field Enda Morrissey a full back another titanic performance by Enda uh, Kevin Blanchfield at midfield like when Kevin Blanchfield clicks Bennett's Bridge win and I think whether it's Jamie Ryan or Jack Nolan that picks him up in two weeks time in that inter- in, the, in the semi-finals for O'Loughlin Gales that's going to be the winning and losing of the game because any game I've seen Kevin Blanchfield performing in Bennett's Bridge have won right um, just on Bennett's Bridge just on these quarterfinals as a whole I suppose Bennett's Bridge beat Glenmore Glenmore obviously are only up this is only their second year Bennett's Bridge in recent years have made kind of semi-finals and made the final I think back in 2018 they have the experience of doing it of getting to this stage O'Loughlin's again a team that have been in semi-finals and finals over the years Mullen of maybe haven't ever not really been able to make that step bar their first year back up um, and they come over and just about get over the line in the tight game the village another team that are always in semi-finals and finals Bally Callan never really have been since they've been playing senior for a while now um, the village get over the line and the Shamrocks who have this experience of just winning at all times when it matters most against a Dixborough team who are in form but again the borough maybe n- haven't shown in recent years that, that way of winning the biggest games how important has experience and understanding of where you are at in the season being to this weekend's results do you think it does look like the experience has come to the fore there yeah. it really does um 
I think the, 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 there's too much made about timing your runs and all this stuff Bally Hale don't time the runs to perfection what I learned yesterday is Bally Hale increased the intensity that they play with it when it comes to knockout championship yeah. matches that it's a different animal um, they come at it with everything and I think with Bally Hale it's when they're written off most is when you're at their most dangerous everybody yesterday before the game Bally Hale were 4-9 to nine for anyone that likes betting before the game they were 4-9 to nine and Dixborough were 7-4 to four. and just before drawing Bally Hale had drifted right into nearly even money I'd never seen Bally Hale that short for a match before yeah. so they came into almost even money to win the game and Dixborough were coming in at 5-4 so Bally Hale were fully aware of the fact that people were fancying Dixborough so I think that riled them up how dare ye challenge us all Ireland club champions coming in here and you're suspecting us to be knocked out of the championship in Kilkenny in the quarterfinals so I think they came with a point to prove and they wanted the nobody likes us we don't care type of an attitude yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's not the case but in that Bally Hale dressing room the siege mentality kicked in and they drilled on the other games as you rightly point out Bennett's Bridge experience probably showed the day against Glenmore I can assure you Bally Hale's experience also lived the day because Dick Spreer's inexperience didn't do them any service yesterday Mulnavat O'Loughlin Gales again O'Loughlin Gales they do this they understand this and I know they were beaten a point last year by Mulnavat so was first round yeah but it's you know what I mean it's, aye, aye, aye. It's, it's it's kind of in and out for them but look I think yeah right the, the experience came to the fore but sometimes on the counter argument to that it's the inexperience from the oppositions that can kind of yeah, sh- yeah, shoot I you down too yeah, yeah, you know what I mean but um, look I said to you I thought to be some shocks this weekend there was there was none as such if you think about it we, we call O'Loughlin Gales to beat Mullinavat we call yeah. Bennett's Bridge to beat Glenmore yep. we call James Stevens to beat Greg Ballycallan the only game we differed on was Dixborough against uh, Shamrock's Ballyhale and I think when you can think about it, it you know we said it was going to be a one score game it was a one score game yeah. and it could have went either way I don't think it could have went either way but it was a one score game but I can anyway, assure you it could have went either I, way I think the Shamrocks had it won uh, but anyway look we're going to move on from that because we've been speaking about senior results for an hour we have to get on to team of the week Eddie and uh Candidates for this are dwindling because the teams are dwindling, but nevertheless, we have a 15. I announced it last week. I'll uh, pass over the reins to you this week. You do it a lot better than I ever could. Perfect. So, this week's team of the week, um, lots of arguments and lots of controversy this time, um, but I can take half the blame for this one. Okay. So, in goal, uh, Dean Mason, Ballyhale, Shamrocks. Yep. The full back line we've went with Enda, Enda Morrissey from Bennett's Bridge, Dara Corcoran from Ballyhale, Shamrocks, and Mikey Butler from O'Loughlin Gales. The half-back line, David Fogarty, O'Loughlin Gales, Niall Brazel from James Stevens, and Richie Reid from Ballyhale Shamrocks. The midfield is Kevin Blanchfield from Bennett's Bridge and Killian Hackett from Dixborough. The half-forward line, Adrian Mullen, Ballyhale Shamrocks, TJ Reid, Ballyhale Shamrocks, and Luke Scanlon, James Stevens. And then the full-forward line, Owen Kennelly, Ballyhale Shamrocks, Andy Gaffney, Dixborough, and Kieran Brennan from Bennett's Bridge. I would point out we've moved Luke Scanlon from midfield into the forwards, but Luke Scanlon played centre forward yesterday for, for James Stevens even though he was listed with number yeah. 8 or 9 on his back he was definitely playing centre forward he scored 5 points he was moved into the forwards for our team of the week so that's the team of the week Robbie give out to me some players have been in it quite a bit Eddie the likes of Enda Morrissey uh, Derek Corcoran Mikey Butler um, you know I could say going on Dave Fogarty TJ Reid Adrian Mullen um, Andy Gaffney those players other players that haven't been in it as much uh, it's a 
it almost I don't know like there's been maybe one or two players that made the first round didn't make it since made the second round haven't made it since or whatever it might be but to make it in quarterfinals goes to show that you're a big game player as well to an extent doesn't it it does just looking at the team of the week I'll give you an interesting one okay go on I don't think Mikey Butler's made the team of the week this year I think he's made one has he he might have made the first round yeah so I'd say at most um, the players that are in there every single week and the Morrissey is in there nearly every week he's unreal at the moment <laughs> he really is he really is isn't he uh, Luke Scanlon's in there every single week yeah except for the week he didn't play um, yeah. <laughs> so he's been there every week um, Kieran Brennan's getting his first run out on the team of the week th- this week yeah. he's only played two championship matches yeah. um, come on as a sub uh, I'm going to, I could be corrected on that I think he's only played two championship matches am I right in saying that he came on as a sub against Ballyhale yeah. Shamrocks yeah. is that their first no they played last no, week no they played against um, Tullerone so he, he, we would have played last week against Tullerone so Kieran Brennan's only played two games Owen Kennelly is into the team of the week mm. this week you know the reason what happens sometimes Robbie is when you're at these games you're watching the forwards that are hitting all the scores and the whole lot Owen Kennelly yesterday he stood out for his work rate his heart his effort he'd done everything else his ball wasn't scored but he wasn't contributing to the scoreboard as such individually with his own scores it was his work rate that was contributing to the performance the other player that's in there every single week is, is are very close to is Kevin Blanchfield yes. every week that Bennett's Bridge have won a match he's been in the team of the week Yes, um, it's, it's great fun picking the team of the week and it's great fun you know to do it and have the bit of crack with it what's not the great fun bit is like the team of the week do you know normally like I can name some of the lads that are unlucky here Niall Rowe had a game yesterday for Dixborough he was fantastic Connor Flynn for Greg Ballycallan a fullback he he was absolutely brilliant um we moved Derek Harkin he was moved into fullback, but he was super yesterday. Um, you know, they're just off the top of my head. Oshie Knox and John Walsh were brilliant from London. Yeah, about. you know, and like it's 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 on. Dixborough is the only losing team that has players in the team of the week this week. Yeah, it probably goes down to show you the type of standard that game brought was if, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to anybody else because yeah. Mullinavat lost a tight game he did a very tight game but the Dixborough team and, and, I, and I know you you jest when you say this but that game could have went either way that game was in the melting pot with five minutes to go um, and I know lads will argue Mullinavat and O'Loughlin Gales could have went either way but for long periods of that game Dixborough were the better team and it was their, the players that are mentioned in that team of the week that were the players that were driving them on but look it's 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 a bitter pill to swallow for anybody. You're 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 gone out of championship for the teams that are yeah. gone. But you know, congratulations to the 15 lads that met our team of the week this week. Well, certainly is congratulations to them. Uh, just to run through it again: Dean Mason of Ballyhill Shamrocks is in the goal. Full back lines: Enda Morrissey of Bridge, Derek Harkin of Ballyhill Shamrocks, and Mikey Butler of O'Loughlin Gales. Uh, half back line: David Fogarty of O'Loughlin's, Richie Reid of Ballyhill Shamrocks, and Niall Brazel of James Stevens. The midfield is Killian Hackett of Dixburg, Kevin Blanchfield of Bridge. Half forward line: Adrian. Mullen and TJ Reid both of the Shamrocks Luke Scanlon of James Stevens, then Owen Keneally is at corner forward from the Shamrocks Andy Gaffney is at full forward from the Borough and Kieran Brennan is at corner forward from Bennett's Bridge do let us know what you think about that before we get on to the semi-finals Eddie a bit of a quirky one is it Shamrocks Ballyhale or Ballyhale Shamrocks Shamrocks Ballyhale is it yes I always grew up with Ballyhale Shamrocks and they only changed it recently I can't get around to that Shamrocks Ballyhale stuff I'll notify the club of your disapproval I just can't I think I think I think to be fair to the club they're open to both uh, I don't think they're closed minded on that no they don't get take or anything like that yeah. but I think if you look at their crest um, it is now Shamrock's Valley Hill I will say that yeah I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll send an email to the secretary you when I get home I oh, know I genuinely will no, I'll yeah. send Siobhan an email and I'll just ask her what's the story here um, I've always just called them Valley Hill Shamrock's so uh, did I and I, I'm not changing I just can't 
It's just, it's so weird. I find it weird calling them Shamrocks Ballyhale. It's the Ballyhale people that call them Shamrocks Ballyhale. I know, yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not saying it in a disrespectful way. Where are them playing their home like soccer matches? The Aviva Stadium. Right. Not Lansdowne Road. Or Lansdowne Road. Well, not according to the I'm Aviva. very open-minded. Uh, look, anyway, I don't know. And I actually think, just so you know now, this is going to be a live decision being made here right okay. now. I actually think we should preview the semi-finals next week. They're not on for two weeks. My God. I think we should leave it till two weeks. Kill the running order, eh? I, I'm, I'm making a mess of this running order, but I think right. I think we should preview the semi-finals in two weeks. In a week's time, we'll preview them semi-finals. Well, that's exactly what we will do then. Uh, Does that make sense to you? Edit out everything that I said before. That no, no, it's fine. No, no, I agree. I noticed as well the mistakes that you made in last week's podcast were edited out, but my mistakes there. <laughs> we're left in <laughs> you are Apple. right. you did some interviews yesterday brilliant interviews if you want to listen to them you can listen to them on Scoreline Extra um, you did it after the Village and Ballycallan game Keen Kenny and Luke Scanlon if I'm not mistaken Yeah. And I tried to edit out a, a slight bit of a mistake you made there somebody said hello to you and I uh, said well how are you going you did yeah it was Luke Scanlon's well, dad well party that's all you could hear in the middle of the day well party <laughs> <laughs> that was Luke Scanlon's dad yeah, walking yeah. by me and he was saying well Eddie okay, but he was yeah, shouting yeah. and there was an echoey tunnel and I said Fair I said enough. hello as well well, back to yeah. uh, which uh, you live and learn the live, live television live the television lack of professionalism anyway okay we'll preview those semi-finals then next week that decision is made so we'll move on to uh, very very quickly now I have to say because there's only one intermediate game over the weekend Carrick Shock defeated all Auckland Gales 3-13 into 2-14 in the relegation final I got all the senior results right you got one wrong Eddie but there's a difference between getting results right and getting predictions at the start of the year right you got this right I didn't all Aucklands are gone yeah um, you know take no satisfaction no. obviously beating you I take great yeah, satisfaction, great satisfaction that. That. no I just I just felt um Oh, Lachlan Gales, you know, might be under a bit of pressure this year in the intermediate ranks, and and it, and it proved to be the case. Um, it's unfortunate, and this is going to—I I don't mean this to sound in any way disrespectful to Lachlan Gales, but I really want the Carrick Shock to win that game a lot yesterday. Of are in that boat, but the yeah. reason I did want them to—it's their first team, yeah. You know, and I think yeah. it's important for for championships. I know, in, in believe it or not, in Tullamore, I think there's a chance in Offaly, Climber Kalahi. I think their second team are about to win the Senior B Championship. If you get me, oh, so. Geez. Yeah, like yeah. They're, they're going to be the senior champions and the intermediate champions. And I think in Kilkenny, you know, there'd be a fear in there. And I know PJ Kenny and these lads would never say that, but the last thing you'd want is Ballyhale, Shamrock, senior teams to win the senior championship and their intermediate teams to win yeah. the intermediate championship. Yeah, That'd be yeah. a real worry in time for Kilkenny Hurland. So on that basis, I'm, I feel sorry for the lads to play yesterday for Lachlan Gales. They'll pick their teeth up. They're in the intermediate or the junior championship next year and they'll go and they'll, 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 they'll contribute. They'll, they'll be in the other section of the junior yeah, championship. Be, yeah. Section B. Um, so I'm sure everybody in Kilkenny is hoping that it's the first team that wins the junior championship so that we can end up with 12 back in the championship again. Yeah, yeah. Um, which would be would be ideal. But un- unfortunately for Lachlan Gales, they've they've dropped down out of the out of the, the ranks at intermediate and the senior panel then um Carrick Shock have maintained their intermediate status there for their first team. I think John Cal came on yesterday. I think he scored a goal yesterday in the game. I, I, I Could must, have, yeah, I think so. Um, but he was out with a broken arm for nearly the whole year. I must yeah, text him yeah. there on and see did I'd say if if he did come on and score a goal yesterday there's no point in texting him for a while <laughs> but um, no I think fair juice to carry shock they've had a tough year lots of injuries lots of issues during the season to come out the other side of it sometimes it's just win that one game that makes it count unfortunately O'Loughlin Gales won no match in the championship do you think it's going to sound a bit mad a lot of people have maybe pointed to the fact that the best thing that happened to Freshford and we'll wait and see if they win the junior championship is that they went down 
because you can just build again. Do you think sometimes that is the case? I'm not talking about Carrick Shock, but with certain clubs, sometimes the best thing you can do is to go down, to reset, build a foundation, and the next time you come back up, which you hope will be very, very quick, you're actually in a better place than if you were just barely hanging on year in, year out. History doesn't support that one at Junior. No? No. Um, Emeralds. I'm just thinking about since I've been in Kilkenny, Tuller, Ross Burkham were relegated. They're still, in, they're still down in the Junior Championship. Um, St. Pat's Bally Raggett were relegated. They're still down in the Junior Championship. Um, now, these lads could could uh, book the trend this weekend um, and come back out of it, but it's... I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's not a place you want to be. No. That Junior Championship is... Like... We think we think Freshford are going to win the Junior Championship. Well, I think Winger, but yeah, yeah, but sorry, they are, I they think, are the favourites. Yeah. I think Freshford are going to win the Junior Championship, but then Winger, Pilltown, Tuller, Ross Birkin, any of them could win that championship. Yeah. Now you throw in, just say for argument's sake, if Carrick Shock have been relegated, Carrick Shock aren't better than Winger. They're not better than Tuller or Ross Birkin. They're yeah. not better than, you know, I don't mean they're not, you know what no, I'm saying? I know what you mean. They're not yeah, yeah. 10 points better than these teams. Yeah. It's not a foregone conclusion. The last thing you want to do is end up in a junior championship. To say the junior championship is the hardest championship to win, yeah. I'd say Thomas Down would argue at that point. Um, <laughs> do you know, they've won the junior championship. They've really struggled to win that intermediate yeah, championship. Yeah. But it's, 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 I can't think of a team that's been relegated and came straight back up. I've, I can tell you teams that have been relegated and got relegated a second time St. Pat's Bally Ragged went from do, junior yeah. to intermediate to senior all the way back to junior again right don't be in the junior championship if you're intermediate stay intermediate or go senior don't look at the other way yeah I, I, know. Can, I take your point about rebuilding some, yeah, I take your point about rebuilding but, but no I'd much try to rebuild in the championship grade that you're in okay um that brings us on nicely to the junior results from this weekend. There were four first-round games in the preliminary junior. Emeralds were 2-11 to 1-8 winners against Galmoy on Saturday in Ballyragget, while Tuller, Ross, Birkin, or that game was in Erlingford in the end. Apologies, I had to get moved. Um, Tuller, Ross, Birkin, 3-13, 7-point defeat of Greg Namana in Piltown. On Sunday, St. Patrick's 1-17, Sleeve Rue 1-15 in Goran, Piltown 3-15, Barra Rangers 1-14 in Ballyhale. There were two Section B games as well in the semi-finals Dixburg 2-18 is down in 9 points on Saturday then yesterday evening James Stevens came out on top against Moonkine um, predictions last week I think you've got 2 wrong and I've got all 4 right here in the preliminary ju- or the the um, Premier Junior ready I'd say I got 1 wrong I went for Emeralds you, so went, you went for Galmai did you no way oh we're going to have to listen back <laughs> 100% you said Billy Drennan's freeze could be the difference and then I, I thought, said yeah, no, I, think, I think I said I probably just wouldn't call it because I didn't think Ray Deedon but okay. Billy Drennan's freeze I said Emeralds discipline would be vital here hmm. um, I don't know if I said that Galmai had beat him I wasn't impressed by Galmai this year in the championship well, other than Billy's yeah. freeze we can listen back we'll to listen me back predicting anyway. actually 100% no 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 100% 100% you said Galmai but anyway uh, we both said mm. Tuller Ross Burke and they got the better of Greg Namana you said Sleeve Rue I said St. Patrick's it was very Definitely. tight in the end and I did say it would be very very tight yeah it was um, tight um, yeah, don't cushion the blow Eddie um, and then Piltown 315 Barra Rangers 114 we'll just start from the start Emeralds and Galmoy uh, good win for Emeralds I suppose Galmoy 11 points never going to win you a game yeah look um, no it was a good win for Emeralds Galmoy they're, they're very reliant on uh, they have been very reliant on, on freeze from Billy Drennan that's yeah. what I was saying to Emeralds we're going to have to make sure that they keep the discipline in the game and they obviously did do that containing them to 1-8 which it's just Billy Drennan didn't get on a lot of freeze mm-hmm. either in the game. Um, 
Emeralds, Emeralds, Emeralds are a good side. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a team that'll always kind of keep improving as they push along. They're a very young team as well. A lot of young players coming in there. I see Killian Doyle down at centre back. He's a he's a brilliant hurler. Um, he's going to be the the main man for that club for a long time to come. Yeah. Um, so look, it's 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 a very good win. Puts them into the next round of the championship. Um, they won't be happy with the draw they got in the next round of the championship being straight like they're after drawing Tuller or Ross Birkin. Um, not an ideal scenario, but look, Emeralds they're true now to the the quarterfinals and they'll be delighted to be there certainly will do you think just before we move on um, that the fact that the game got moved to Erlingford in the last minute due to um, a waterlogged pitch in Ballyragget do you think that would have helped Emeralds a lot if it did it was so late in the day when the the picture the fixture was changed it was probably quite late in the day you'd be surprised how any kind of preparations change if you're it's more did it affect Galmoy you know with the switch being that late in the day I, I, I don't know I think generally all these pitches are, are of a quality and they're they're very similar I know obviously the, the pitch in Erlingford is obviously a lot handier for Emeralds yes. Um I don't know if there's a massive difference though being at home you don't think that would it gives you a great advantage like but yeah do you know I don't know like it, it, like uh, Glenmore beat Ballyhill in Ballyhill like, did, yeah. you know like Galmoy obviously were happy enough to play the game there because they, they would have been consulted like yes of course yeah. they yeah, wouldn't yeah. have been forced to play the match um, well I'm presuming they Presum- wouldn't have well, yeah, we don't know do we but yeah, ah, presumably, gee, yeah I'd say what happened there was the the other pitch was deemed unplayable where was the pitch Ballyragget so Ballyragget's pitch is deemed unplayable um, and then I would imagine the county board put a call into the two clubs and said look what do you want to do and Emerald said our pitch is our pitch is fine um, they wouldn't have known leading up to the game they are going to be playing at home ah. I, I, I don't know Yeah, it's easy said after the event yeah. I'm sure the Galmoy uh, backroom team agreed to that fixture though ok Tuller, Ross Burke and Gregan Amana very one-sided um, we'll get on to Tuller but for Gregan Amana this is a very disappointing way to go out with the championship yeah like, like Gregan Amana you know I've had many battles with them down through the years um, many yeah like <laughs> we neighbouring clubs and the whole lot so obviously we, we, we would have had our to be no love loss I'd say with most and Gregan Amana I kind of fancy Greg this year. I thought that I thought that have a bit to say mm. in this championship. Like they've some, you know, brilliant hurlers, some brilliant young hurlers. Ted done a full forward there for them is, um, he's super, you know. But other players as well, like Pierce Blanchfield and Richie Foley, like they'll be really, really disappointed the manner of that defeat. Like yeah. then seven points, Jesus. Um, do you know it's just look, and and it wasn't that the conditions were awful either. Like I mean, no. that, that was played yesterday. Like the the weather conditions. Saturday was it Saturday? Yeah. Well, then the weather conditions were awful. Yeah. Um, to be fair, it was a horrible day. But Tuller Ross Birkin, do you know sometimes it's the hope that kills you? Do you ever hear that old saying? It's the hope <laughs> yes, that kills you. Yes, yes. Tuller, Tuller are capable of doing that to every team in the, intermediate, in the junior championship. Yeah. Every team. So Greg Namana, they've been caught a couple of times by Tuller when Tuller are on a going day. Like when Tuller are on a going day, I remember getting beaten by thirty something points by Tuller. Like it, there's not a worse place in the world to beat them when you get Tuller coming at you. Um, Look, Greg Lamanna, the heads will be down there. There's no point in saying anything different. It's 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 a real disappointing performance, a disappointing result. Season's over again, and they'll just have to go back to the drawing board and, and try and come back stronger next year. Sunday's game, St Patrick's and Silly Brew. This was very very tight throughout, but um, Ballyragget coming out on top, very very tight in the end by two points. Yeah, Sleeve Rue have been they, like you know I I've been chatting to Alan Hearn a couple of times during the season there, and and you know they've had a tough time this year with injuries and whatnot, yep. and they were coming right. That's what I said to you last week. The injury were coming right at the right time uh, did a good win last weekend setting them up nicely for this game here um, St. Pat's Ballyragget always a really strong team some really good players there on that side 
you know Jeff Brennan would be the marquee player I know there was injury doubts about him during the week I assume he played uh, the two Dohanies Robin Keane are very very good Ballyragged are a strong team um, I don't see Kevin Kelly listed there I don't know if he's injured or, or he has been playing he uh, has been playing he was definitely oh no he's listed on the subs I don't know if he played or not um, he's obviously still a class hurler um, but you know 115 to 117 Steve Rue would be disappointed to be to be gone out of the championship they've gone out to a team that are well able to win this championship so uh, it'd be interesting to see where St. Pat's go from here and then finally Piltown and Barrow Rangers 7 point win for Piltown this went relatively as expected it did the, the only thing I will say is and I spoke to Andy Kearns about this a couple of weeks ago as well Piltown have had a by their own performances they've had a poor enough league championship but you know they're no they're no slouches they were beaten in last year's county semi-final and you know in, 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 in strange circumstances conceded a couple of late goals but Piltown were they're, they're a dogged dogged team serious serious bunch of lads when they get it right um, I pres- I think they drew one gap um, they did yeah will we get on to the draw yeah we can go straight to the um, draw actually so it's the section B final is Saturday at 12 o'clock in Bennis Bridge Dixborough going up against James Stevens. not mistaken for the second time in a row but I might be wrong there um, Dixborough I think won last year uh, 2 o'clock then in the Premier Junior quarter final wine gap against Piltown in Mooncoyne and at 4 o'clock it's Emeralds against Tuller Ross Birkin in Clara one game on Sunday at 12 o'clock it is St. Lockton's against St. Patrick's in Jenkinstown so they are the games um we were talking about Piltown there so we'll go to that wine gap I think that's a local derby big big game uh, this could be a really good match if both teams turn up yeah uh, if both teams turn up it will be a great match um, Piltown are going to need to be a lot better than they were yesterday um, against Barra Rangers um, to, to put it up to wine gap um, I think that'll be a cracker now yeah. um, you know Piltown will have felt it could have got to the county final last year they'll see how it'll fare out against wine gap who were in the county final last year you know so mm. um, shouldn't be much in it wine gap have been first impressive this year Robbie I'm, I'm, I'm getting nervous that you might be right with your prediction <laughs> in, in this one yeah. so I think you know I'd be shouting for Piltown but I think Wayne might win this shouting for Piltown because you like Piltown or shouting for Piltown because you dislike me uh, I'm shouting for Piltown so that you're not right okay, uh, yeah. but I do like Piltown I okay. genuinely do I think um, I, I just think when Piltown go well they're they're super um, and mm. I think I actually Piltown was the only team I felt sorry for last year okay. in the championship didn't care about anybody else uh, it was the one game when I left the pitch afterwards I thought to myself we literally dicked Harpin that one like we went in there Balaclav was on and robbed that <laughs> so <laughs> um, I, uh, for me anyway I, I'd like to I'd love to see Piltown coming up okay. um, so look I'm gonna, I'm, I'll go for Piltown okay. I know you're going for Wine Gap going anyway. for Piltown I'm obviously going for Wine Gap going to stick with them they've won all their games so far uh, and uh, in the league don't think they won the league final did they I think St. Lockton's won that yep. that was on Tuesday night wasn't it yep. yes St. Lockton's won that so they won all their league games but didn't win the league final but I think they'll uh, continue their fine form and march on into another semi-final um, we'll stay going then with the other games so you have Emeralds uh, against Tuller and Tuller 4 o'clock on Saturday now I have to say for people that are interested this game won't be on Casey Lord there's a good chance Point Gap and Piltown will be because uh, we'll be doing the relegation senior finals between our zone Dance Fort which is on a half three it's just too much of a clash so we can't do this game but nevertheless we will preview it um, Emeralds and Tuller this seems to be maybe the one that's slanted most compared to the other games yeah I think Tuller will win this I think Tuller's experience will stand them this time um, Emeralds are coming into this I think maybe a year or two a bit early for them Tuller 
Tuller have a brilliant mix of youth and experience. Uh, Dunnico O'Connor at full back, Pat Hartley. Mm. Dunnico won't thank me for saying he's one of the experienced players, but he's, he is. He's, oh, he's, he's <laughs> fluting around there for a long time now. Uh, but Dunnico and Pat Hartley, um, you know, be super. And then you've got the likes of Coleman O'Sullivan, Connor Hennessy, Keane Dunnico, uh, you know, and then there's another outlet as well playing centre forward there from a fellow called Wally Welch. Um, if Killian Doyle is picking up Walter Welch, it'd be interesting to see how that battle comes out. It'll be. Yeah, Walter got a goal this weekend. Yeah, well, Walter's. Walter's Walter's going to get goals in, in junior matches ah, every yes. time he gets the ball he's just impossible to get it off if it's Walter Welch and Killian Doyle picking him up that's going to be some crack yeah. uh, Killian Doyle is all the legs in the world Wally Welch I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he is at hurling he's brilliant in the air he's a pretty good striker the ball he's, he's an unorthodox way of hitting the ball he's kind of got wouldn't say it's a standard hurler's grip hurls the hurl kind of wide doesn't he, he, he does but, back he, in nearly. but I even think he I think he actually his hands are the wrong way around as well I could be right oh, are they? yeah I think so yeah okay. I think it's, uh, that's, why, that's why they call taggy taggy you know he holds the hurl the wrong way around he holds the hurl the right hand on top I think yeah and I think Wally's the same I'm nearly sure right. he is okay. I'll get 200 text messages there yeah, on yeah. telling me I'm wrong and taggy will be telling me I'm wrong now anyways <laughs> but, but, but Wally Wally's like, I remember watching Tuller playing a couple of, couple of years ago and Wally was standing out on the sideline just standing in Gorn right out on the sideline and like I, the lad beside me said what's he on I said I don't know and then I was thinking to myself I said well geez, if I was playing against him I said I'd have to have somebody on him but next thing he was left on his own ball got struck to him he caught and he just took off the speed of the him speed when, he picks, oh. when you're in person when you, you know they say that about some people when you see them in person it's a different kettle of fish he's one of them isn't oh, he, he is but him, he's like in front He's a bullet, and oh. the problem is, lads don't see it. Wally's legs move, and he gets from A to B a lot faster than <laughs> Little Eddie or Robbie. Yeah, yeah. But if Killian Doyle is going to go up against him, it'll be interesting to see what it is. You know, Wally won't mind me saying that he's super experienced, and he's he's he's, you know, he's he's of an age now. Yeah. Like Wally could have he could have taught Killian Doyle in school for all we know. <laughs> yeah. You know, Wally's teaching down in good council there, and I think that'll be a battle worth team. But I think um, I think I think Tuller will win this game. Yeah, so do I. So we're I'm going with Tuller, Ross Burke, and. and Mind gap, you're going with Tuller, Ross Burke, and Pilltown. The final pre- Premier Junior uh, quarter final is on Sunday. St. Lockens and St. Patrick's. This is always a crazy game in terms of the rivalry. It's Bally Ragged against Freshford. Uh, St. Lockens are heavy favourites for this one, I would have thought. Any chance of a shock? There's always a chance, Robbie. It's very unlikely, yeah. but there is a chance. And St. Pat's of Bally Ragged. Just remember, these lads were hurling senior four years ago. Like, yeah. Four, five years ago? Four years ago, I'd say. I think so, yeah, four years ago, 2019. Yeah, so they were they were hurling at senior in Kilkenny. They didn't just become a bad team overnight. They've had a few things go wrong, different things happen within the, the group. They've lost some players as well. And look, I wouldn't be stunned if they won. I'll be I'll be surprised. Uh, I have no doubt I'll be surprised because I think the the other lads are, I said it to you from the start, I had them marked down to win the championship. I've nothing yep. to change my mind. Um, so I'm going to go with... I'm not even sure if it's going to be. I'm not even going to say it's going to be a tight game either. I think. I think it could be a two-score game, but I think it's going to go the way of Saint Lactans. So comfortable win for Saint Lactans. Do you think uh, when you're Freshford and one gap to an extent, and it seems to be kind of that your heavy favourites go on, and if not win the championship, certainly make a final. That these are potential banana skins because there's a lot more pressure on you once you're in a quarter final to not be eliminated than maybe there is in a semi-final or a final. The three teams that are favourites for this championship are Tuller, Ross Barkin, Wine Gap and St. Lactans. That's yeah. the three teams without question that yes. are favourites for this championship. 
there's no way that the three of them are going to be still in the championship after next weekend oh that always happens the junior championship is a disaster like there's nothing <laughs> the, oh, I've said this I've said yeah, it a million times the only consistent thing about the junior championship is the inconsistency, inconsistency yeah. that's a fact so it'll be interesting I don't know which of them is going to fall but one of them yeah. will fall next weekend okay, they always very, do very interesting very interesting every look back on the junior semi-finals every feckin' year there's one team yeah. in it you're looking at them saying how did they end up in the semi-final yeah okay we'll see if that happens uh, section B we don't talk about section B a lot um, but the section B final is on Saturday at 12 o'clock uh, Dixborough against James Stevens. Um, look as I said we don't talk about it a lot because probably we don't know a lot about it in all honesty but uh, the Borough won it last year are they going to win it this year yeah and I'll tell you as well the Borough got beaten on penalties by Wine Gap in the county semi-final and, and I must also point out as well the reason I was at the game was because my team was fecking warming up for about two hours before the match absolutely going bananas so we come back out extra time then go back out and I remember it was uh, Andy Kearns had said to me we tell them we need 15 minutes to warm up at least you know we were playing Piltown and we were going mad because the Ballyhale game was on after us I think it was Ballyhale's match had been called off yeah that was on after as well it was a triple header but it was carnage but I'm going to say Wine Gap scored a goal in the last minute of extra time they did they, they got, got a penalty Ballyhill and Clara sorry I just didn't want to interrupt you they got a penalty on, yeah. in the, it wasn't it was Ballyhill and Tullerone was it Ballyhill and Clara because Ballyhill and Tullerone was the day of your county final no you're right Yep. <laughs> yeah, Valley Hill Tunnel Road the county final. Okay, yeah. No, you're dead right. Yeah. Now um but no, between the jigs and the reels, if I'm not mistaken, I think Wingap got a penalty yeah, yeah, in the last pocket of the game, right? Yeah. And my lads were stretching at that goal. <laughs> and I remember when the ball was a penalty and I like in my head now selfishly I was going, Ah no yeah, yeah, another yeah. feckin' twenty minutes of this fluting around yeah. with penalties. But I also remember thinking, What are you doing giving a penalty now? <laughs> you know, the last second of extra there time. There was war over that penalty, we should say uh, that. Yeah, look, this is I'm not gonna get into it. Yeah, we're not gonna go into I, it, but uh, travelling over all ground. But anyway, to cut a short story shorter Dixborough I will say were absolutely robbed in that, <laughs> in that county we're semi-final we're not going to go into right. it but they were robbed they were robbed in that county semi-final <gasps> that'll stand to them and also what'll stand to them is their senior team are gone out of the championship now yeah and there's a panel of senior players there there's a heap of them that haven't heard oh Jesus that's worrying if you're another junior team isn't it yeah and that's what I'd say just remember as well anyone that's heard anyone that's been playing with Dixborough this year that hasn't had a hasn't had a game with this junior team they're more than entitled to be being getting drafted into that junior team that's the idea of it um, I'm sure there's a few of them already involved and I think it'll be interesting to see what Dixborough team goes on the pitch next week but um, if you were asking me where my communion money would be going it'll be on Dixborough is where it'll be going yeah I'm going to agree with you as well so that means that we agree on three on Tuller Ross Birkin on Dixborough and on St. Lockton's I'm going with Wine Gap you're going with Piltown we'll see what happens next weekend final round of fixtures to preview for this weekend um, it is Munkine and Lisdowney at 3 o'clock on Sunday in UPMC Nolan Park in the second of the intermediate semi-finals the first one takes place at 1 o'clock in Nolan Park it sees Thomastown go up against Dunhamagan we'll have both games live on KCLR we'll start with that first one Eddie Thomastown and Dunhamagan they met in the league Thomastown won um, are they going to win again on Sunday? I think so yeah Yeah. Um, I think 
look you know we could go and spend 45 minutes talking about why I think they're going to win the game yeah. I think Thomastown have they've been there they've done this they know how to win the semi-finals um, they had a tough tough day at the office I've seen them win in all sorts of games um, whether it's lashing out of heavens whether it's dry sunny they're a f- fantastic side to have the experience of beating Dunhamagan this year I think Adrian Burke won't agree with me but I think Dunhamagan have excelled this year in the championship he's done a brilliant job Um they've done really well to get as far as they've gotten and I'm not patting them on the head and being patronising I just think Thomastown even as Thomastown weren't at 100% as in the levels they play at they beat Dunhamagan quite convincing in the league they were comfortable winners I should say without being convincing Yeah. and I think this weekend I think Thomastown they're timing it right the buzz around Thomastown is very very good they're not getting carried away there's not this usual air of over certainties and all that that's not what's happening everything seems to be quiet nice and calm and I think Thomastown will be formidable I think they're going to do the business this weekend if you're an underdog like Dunhamagan and it's going to be a bit of a strange question and I know they're only thinking probably about the game ahead but say for example if it was with the greatest of respects uh, Moonkine and I don't know maybe a Young Ireland or somebody unexpected two unexpected teams in the other semi-final but you're coming up against Thomas Town on Sunday do you think mentally you're, you're going in in a better position knowing that if we can just get over the line here we have a hell of a chance of winning the county final rather than probably going to have to beat Thomas Town and Liz Downey and that's a hell of a thing to try and do or do you think that would that ever come into it even subconsciously it might come in subconsciously like for me myself if I was involved with Dunham and I'm looking at this saying right this is our first county final now Thomas Town yeah. you know we're massive underdogs I'd be saying it to everybody in the dressing room I'd say do you listen to that Kilkenny Hurling podcast them two pricks in yeah. there and they're giving us no chance and no one likes us and I always do that side of things and that's not what I'm doing here I'm not saying Dunhamagan have no chance in this game or anything yeah. like that but if you're Dunhamagan it's I, I wouldn't be concerned about what's happening in the other side I tell you what you would feel you'd feel a right ape if you got beaten by Thomastown and then Munkine yeah, yeah. then you're sitting at home and you're thinking Jesus if we'd only have won that game we could have beaten Munkine so I think what you have to do is you're at the second last hurdle now in a race you have to pop this hurdle and then see how you're going to get over that last one but Thomastown is a fairly formidable hurdle now it's a big big hurdle yeah. I think they've been really professional this year there's been very little coming out of the camp in, in, in the sign of talk and in fairness to Thomastown there never is within the team no, within not, that group the supporters can sometimes get a little bit carried away but that's pure hunger now at this yeah, stage they're just getting sick of waiting um, Thomastown's going to be a great place to be in two weeks time if they win that championship be some crack down there you mentioned there over the course of the league campaign and even into the championship that Thomastown are conceding too much would you worry that that could come back to bite them now that we're at the latter stages against top quality opposition yeah no this is it um, you, you can't always be relying on your forwards to outscore you can't do the Kevin Keegan's on it and yeah. try and be if they score four we'll score five that's not how it works um, I'm sure that's what Thomastown have been working on heavily is their defensive side of the game going forward they're the best team in, 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 in intermediate as a forward unit they're the best team in intermediate yeah. they're the highest scorers in the intermediate championship I'd imagine um, they just need to tighten up back back around the house as well and I think concessions of scores as well in fairness to Thomastown when I looked into it a little bit more a lot of the scores Thomastown have been conceding is when games have been put to bed yeah, and, you know, and then everyone's trying to get on the score sheet and they're a little bit losing your shape so I yeah. think you might find next week against Sonomagan that it'll be a very rigid 
Thomas down performance if you get me to stick yep. to the plan like and I, look I really like I know I tip Liz down at the start of the year but no one everyone knows I want Thomas down to win the championship I mean I absolutely I lived in Thomas down for a long time I great friends in Thomas down and I'll be on the bear with them down in Thomas down <laughs> 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 that's the main reason obviously it's more local I don't even, yeah, no, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't even think I know anybody in Liz Dowdy but I know but it's, it's oh they won't text me to come out for a bite no. but, I know but I, I, I would like to see Thomas down when I think they've been they've been circling around that intermediate championship for a long time and I just think a bit like Tullerone as well it, the release of getting up into senior will be unbelievable so let's see but they have to get over this hurdle first and Donna Magan are going to really put it up to them in the whole lot but I just I just fancy Thomas down okay so we're both going with Thomas down there um, then 3 o'clock as I said Munkine and Liz Downey um, I'll be straight I just don't see how Munkine win this game I think Liz Downey will march on quite comfortably Liz Downey I expect to win um, quite comfortably might be a stretch Munkine um, they played each other in the league championship the I don't know what score in that game was Liz Downey won I think it was relatively I just comfortable I'll be honest you know Hennerby at centre back for Munkine is one of the best hurlers in Kenny there's a big shout for you okay. he's, I don't know if you know him now I know the name yeah. um, he's a super hurler he really is and then they have a really fast forwards inside the the, 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 the Hogan chapter Hogan uh, the, there's, there's lads yeah. in there um, that can do damage if they're given space as well but it's a it's it's a massive task. They're taking on a senior team, and I I mean that. Yeah. They're taking on a proper senior team here now in an intermediate semi final. It'll be a big challenge. Will they be beaten comprehensively? No way. I'm telling you, Munkine are well able to pull up scores. And uh, Liz Downey, if Liz Downey are an inch off their game, they're getting knocked out of the championship. I don't think they will be, but Munkine, I, I, I would definitely be fair in them now. If I was Liz Downey, I'd be doing would my homework. Yep, I'm, yeah. these lads, they've done it like they won in All Ireland at junior. It's not easy done. They've been up in intermediate. I think they were in the quarterfinals last year. Um, you know, they were comfortable in intermediate last year. There wasn't one mention of them in relegation. Yeah. Do you know this is their second year up? Um, again this year they've been they've been comfortable all year. There was never a question. Me and you have never discussed oh Munkine are in trouble here mm. not once they're settled you know I'd be aware of them now as well they're both teams coming in here Dunhamagan and Munkine I can absolutely guarantee if you went around Kenny today and, and done a survey I guarantee you won't find two people to say that they would have predicted Munkine and Dunhamagan to be in the intermediate semi-finals this year yeah that's very true as well, so yeah. that horrible they're in bonus territory and have nothing to lose I'll yeah. bang out a few cliches but they are in bonus territory and they have nothing to lose ok I'll go for a two or two, three score win for Liz Downey uh, what are you going for? much tighter than that one score victory for Liz Downey one, one, two at most yeah Okay, okay. Um, so we're all going for Thomas Downey, I suppose, at the end of the day. Just before I ask you that uh, question that kind of is separate to um, all of our chat about Kilkenny Hurling, Eddie, um, I actually said on Scoreline yesterday that Liz Downey and Thomas Down are better than Aaron Zone and Danes Ford. Would you agree? Uh, Danes Ford won the Intermediate Championship last year. They did, yeah. They're not better than Danes Ford. But Danes Ford seemed to be worse this year. I don't know. No, we'd know if there was a the relegation final was the do winners. You think Thomas do you think? Uh, you know, again, we, we we chat a lot about Danes Four. We don't want to be disrespectful, but do you think if Thomas Stone came up to lose all their league games? They might. I hope they don't. I'd be surprised. Yeah, I don't know, Rob, because you're like it'd be disingenuous of me to to to, to make that type of a call. I don't know. I think if Thomas Stone go up, I think they're in a much better position panel wise than Danes Four would have been yeah. going into the championship. I think Thomas Stone would have a much more settled group of players that have been there thereabouts for a long time um, would I fancy Dane's fourth like Thomas Town playing the senior league like in the hurling like in, yeah. the, in the league I didn't see them winning it um, maybe they did I don't know no, 
maybe it went under the radar for me. I, and I don't mean that being. Um, but I don't know. I just think I think Thomastown. I I would have no fear of Liz Downey or Thomastown getting relegated again straight away. Do you know that type of way? I think they'd go up and they'd, they'd hold their own up there. Yeah. Um, is there an argument for the losers at the relegation final rather than being relegated straight away, play the runners up in the intermediate championship, and or the winners at the relegation final okay. play the runner up in the intermediate championship, and you get two go down and two go up, if you know what I mean? So the winners yeah. of intermediate get promoted, and the losers at the final get to play one of the other the the winners of the the relegation final, and you end up with. Um, just a bit strange so, so what are you saying so you're saying the intermediate champions go up straight away the losers of the relegation final go down straight away the winners of the relegation final play the runners up of intermediate and whoever wins that game plays senior whoever loses it plays intermediate you could do that it'd make it more exciting it'd be wouldn't funny it? wouldn't it wouldn't be it would funny be. I mean it would actually be an actual, there'd be an extra game of yeah it'd be a lot more exciting and the other thing as well was you asked me a couple of weeks ago about the relegation semi-finals in the series and how unfair it was but the, I actually looked it up again and I'm, I was wrong in one thing I called in Wexford first, second, third and fourth in the league championships play first, second, third and fourth in the quarterfinals fifth plays sixth in a relegation semi-final and fifth sorry fifth and fifth are gone their year is over they're not relegated they're not in a semi-final right now and sixth plays sixth in a relegation final if that happened then Kenny Ballyhill would be gone out of the championship yeah they wouldn't be relegated but they'd be not in the championship yeah and Dixborough would have been playing a quarter-final against somebody else yesterday yeah but I think it'd be I know what you mean uh, just in terms of this year's league but I think it'd be different if, well, if you want to make the league no if you want to make the league more yeah. exciting bring in that rule but I think if that rule was in what I'm saying is I don't think the Shamrocks would have finished fifth if you get me I think they'd, they'd just they would you make not. the league more exciting yeah would you oh god yeah would you 100% but I'm just, I, I just don't think the league would have shaped up the way it would have this year if, if you get me but anyway um, we'll wrap up the podcast with a question that I usually post to you that is a bit uh, different Eddie this week I touched on it with all the managers in our build up to the quarter finals the one week gap between first round championship and a championship quarter final once you get to championship does it need to be two weeks from the end of the league to the first round two weeks from the first round to the quarters two weeks from the quarters to the semis and then two weeks from the semis to the final it's uh, that's that's too long it'd be okay um, now all the managers just to say and I know they're floating their own boat here they all said it needs to be two weeks once you come to championship yeah I think that's fair enough it's, it's alright for them so we play a first round match right and then two weeks later you have a quarter final and then two weeks later you have a semi-final and then two weeks later you have a final that's eight weeks that's two months of Ireland Championship that's the Rugby World Cup will be ran off that quick and, and I mean this yeah, yeah. so the managers can say that we need two week gaps between every game I, I, I definitely don't agree with that in Gaelic football you need two week gaps between every game because the hits in Gaelic football are about a hundred times harder than the hits in Hurling you move you know what I mean yeah. you, I'd say if you put trackers on Gaelic footballers versus hurlers the Gaelic footballers are travelling an awful lot more on the ground and the hits are a lot harder but in Hurling I think definitely there should be a week a week's grace between the quarters and the semis and there definitely should be another week's grace between the semis and a final I think there should a final I'd even have no issue with a final being three weeks after a semi-final to allow a club have a build up to it to get players back I'd hate a lad to pick up a, a little hamstring injury and miss a county final but two weeks two weeks two weeks then that'd put the county final into the middle of November sometime in snow in Nolan Park 
and I, I know what you're talking about and I tend to agree with you anyway if I'm being honest there's a lot of times here say where people are asking us you know why are you doing the senior games you're not doing intermediates why are you doing the intermediates you're not doing the junior there's so many crisscrossing the games particularly last weekend not the weekend gone but the weekend prior to that where there were big intermediate quarterfinals but they were getting in the middle of kind of senior first round games and you had to pick and choose which ones you wanted to go to which ones we could put on the air do you think it would give more exposure to the intermediate and junior grade particularly if they were able able to find the separation of games come championship time yeah but like you, you could still do that like I mean next weekend you have intermediate and junior games so there's no senior games do you know so yeah. that, that's at the business end of it and it'll work out and it's fine that way like there's a good balance there um, I felt there was a healthy crowd in Nolan Park yesterday for, for the games I noticed I just my own opinion it healthy crowd though because they were on their own maybe and well it was a double header but now there was an hour yeah. and 20 minutes of a gap between Which the two games for TV oh boy the lord honest to god yeah, yeah. they should have had like Beyonce or something man, in between <laughs> the two games <laughs> Super Bowl something show. to kill us there for yeah, yeah. I'm not joking there was an hour and 15 yeah. minutes I tell you something for nothing uh, a lot of people weren't happy they were texting us in, like, but that was down to the TV coverage they were showing the Westmead football final and this was we were coming on sex. The, the, the reason for that massive gap but I, I, I take your point it would be nice if every championship was able to get um, just just maybe that type of uh, platform if it was left on its own maybe yesterday in Nolan Park now the pitch has taken a batter in there Kevin and the lads doing some job keeping yeah. that pitch going because it is taking a fair old pound and there's an awful lot of games on it mm. in, in, in crap weather but um, I just it's easy for a manager to say and I look two week gaps in every game it's ideal an ideal world yeah that'd be lovely but like realistically that means you're running off a club championship which is four games as such isn't it four matches am I right in saying that the championship yeah four, first round quarter final semi final final you're playing four matches and you want to run them off over an eight week period yeah. I think that's too much ok do you think though I'll give you an example say the Shamrocks and the Borough if the Shamrocks were playing next weekend after the, off the back of that game yesterday that's a huge advantage say for the village do you think the Shamrocks would have been able to put in a similar level of intensity and performance and if so do you think we would have seen as good a game if they didn't have a two week break or do you think the game the following week would have been impacted massively and we wouldn't have seen as good a semi-final if the Shamrocks put in a similar performance when one week later they were in the semi-final yeah yeah no no I see I see, I see your point um, see momentum's everything if you're winning and you're going forward and you're not picking up injuries you're happy to play week on week yeah. it's when you start losing but it is the injuries thing isn't it really it, it's that. just the recovery side of it but there is a two week gap now between the quarters and the semis and a two week gap between the semis and the finals like oh there is yeah yeah so, so but you're still out in the first round if you're out in the semis do you get what I mean the yeah I know that get, yeah so it feels a bit like it's just being shoved in and they don't get that break um, no, but the, look the best thing they do then is go and win your respective leagues that's and don't true. be worrying about it uh, maybe 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 that's the idea of the league is that that's the cherry on the top of the cream that if you perform at a high level and you get yourself to a league final you well, get that break four teams are out the middle league and shield final now well then that argues that completely contradicts the argument <laughs> of getting a break doesn't it um, do you know so look it is but two of the teams that won them leagues and, and got the league finals are still in the championship there's only four teams left like okay I, look I think I think two week breaks between every game is too much yeah I think play a couple of games week on week and then give lads a break otherwise if I was managing any of the teams after the championship I'd be arguing that you need two week breaks between games ok fair enough fair enough well at least you have you on this side for this year Eddie uh, thanks ever so much as always for popping into studio and chatting with me today that was the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast you can subscribe now on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify or anywhere where you do your podcast listening we'll be back next Monday for another edition of the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast it is of course brought to you by Casey Lohr 
The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLOR and scoreline.ie.